Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. to the fam man much love to y'all appreciate y'all being in the stream man uh much love to the fam and like i've been saying for some time now welcome 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 you're now rocking with the sports coma with big q and the guys where we have intense entertaining educating and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam was popping fam appreciate y'all being in this early edition of the coma 
appreciate y'all. This one's called Coffee with Q, Saturday morning Saints talk. How about that? I didn't surprise you, huh? I will, you know, in, in essence, fam, I was supposed to holler at y'all last night. I was supposed to pop in and talk to y'all last night, and I was just tired. I was worn out, man. I just couldn't do it. So if I was, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I had to say, you know, man, I have to make it right with the family members, man. So I'm going to pop back in here on the morning and kind of talk to them before. Got a lot of really good stuff going on today. Uh, the Pelicans play today. They got, uh, and I'm really proud of my Pelicans, y'all. If y'all Pelican people, y'all need to subscribe to the Pelican Post Game Report. That's our Pelican stream, man. We'll be over there doing the same thing we do on our Saints stuff. Uh, my dog DC and Lexa is over there. So we be doing some great work. So the Pelican Post Game Report is the number one independent, longest-running Pelican podcast in the game. We started at the same time, the coma. Matter of fact, it was the, com- the coma's comprised of several topics. And, of course, got a radio show that I'm going to be introducing coming up down the line. I'm going to let you all know on that. We're going to drop the link on that uh, coming up soon. But anyway, shout-out to you all. Appreciate you all being in this early edition of Coffee with Q. Saturday morning, St. Talk. Hope you all. Got it, man. I know y'all see them beignets sitting up there, man. And if y'all ever had an opportunity to try them beignets, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? You know I'm getting that? You know what I'm saying? And I did a little, little coffee and everything. Now you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. All right, so big, big ups to the fam. Shout out to all y'all being in the building. Elite, good to see your fam. Brother Robertson, this thing. Gundam. Shout out, fam. Nolan's 504. What's up, K? What's popping, Queen? Much love to you. Good to see you. OG Jerry. What's up, bro? Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The, 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 you know, we can't do nothing without the Queens, man. Y'all, <laughs> What's up, Jason? How you doing, man? Shout out to you. Vilma, how you doing? Much love, fam. Appreciate you. Good to see you, man. Much love to everybody. Y'all hit the like button for me. As we get going, we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff with the Saints today. As you know, as the title indicated, we're gonna do a Bears preview now. I didn't, I wasn't able to uh, get a Bear uh, media caster to come in and talk about the Bears. I guess they're that bad. Nobody wants to be embarrassed by them, but you get it, embarrassed. You know, anyway, whatever. All right, so let's <laughs> keep it going. But anyway, we're gonna cover that. We'll do the injury, the final injury report. We're gonna talk about the matchup between the Saints and the Bears. We'll go over the numbers and the depth chart. We'll talk about keys to victory as well. And also we'll play and react to Dennis Allen, who did did, did the Saints-Bears presser. We'll do that as well. So it is. All right, Robert says it, it's noon. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's a it's a time difference. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do, uh, bro, you know, you can switch that thing. You can put I don't know what T with it, uh, what have you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's up, Larry? Shout out to you, man. Big ups, man. What's up, brother Lionel? How you doing, man? Good to see you in the chat, bro. Appreciate you popping in. Yeah, I had to. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I ain't gonna pop up here too damn early, y'all. <laughs> you still have crust in your eyes and everything. All right, Gundam says, Q, uh, when you have time, what type of defense the Bears run? Yeah, I'm going to cover that, bro. We're going to talk about that in this show. But a lot of times, these defenses, man, just to be honest with you, with the Bears, they do more of a 43 defense. I think the base defense, based on my research, is the 43 defense, even though, you know, that's really hmm, kind of not really what they do because everybody runs a modified defense to adjust to the offenses. So they have a, like the Saints, the Saints base defense is a 43. The Bears defense is a 43 defense, but they operate out of the modified look a lot to adjust toward the offenses or what they're giving them. And, you know, and, and especially the Saints style of offense is so much copied 
uh, throughout the league. We have so many di- disciples of Sean Payton that are kind of fanned out through the uh, NFL. Then you'll see certain segments of the Saints offense. It's out there. People are copying. It's a copycat league, right? So, yeah, they'll use a modified look. Now, we'll talk about some of the playmakers, too, dealing with the Bears based on some of the research that I had, too. Uh, that I had the opportunity to look at. All right, so uh, shout out to you, brother. Appreciate the question. What's up, brother Keldrick? Shout out to you, who that to you, Rodney. How you doing, sir? Appreciate you, Mister Who that's in the building as well. Appreciate all the fam, man. Let's get it popping, man. So we'll cover this final injury report by the Bears uh, from WhoThatDaily.com. You can see that the Saints have quite a few people on this list, uh, but one out. That's a positive. Well, you know, not so much for Ty Summers, who's been dealing with concussion and hamstring issues. He's out for the game. But everybody else fully practiced. We had one limited participant, which was Malcolm Roach. So Lynn Bowden Jr., who's our speedster, backup punt return, kick return guy that the Saints utilize, and they bring in him. Like, he's a fourth wide receiver that we see crawl into the lineup. You'll see them run Lynn Bowden Jr. out, out there because he has all this versatility. He's very quick. Sooner or later, he's going to get a touchdown for him, too. I see the Saints sneaking him out there in a lot of plays. Uh, Michael Thomas is good. Andrews Pete was uh, limited on Wednesday. He's full. He's a full participant, so we'll have him there. And so it's good news with, T- with Taysom Hill, who's dealing with a hip issue this week, was limited. He went full Friday, which is a positive. James Hurst is full practice uh, as well. So that is a positive. So Andrews Pete, James Hurst will be added to help out with the offensive line. Demario Davis. Limited throughout the week. He has a knee issue dealing with that. Shout out to Demario and Malcolm Roach. It was DMP had an illness and he was limited on Friday. And then Kendra Miller, running back, he was kind of sick and he is DMP'd as well. And his designation is not out, but questionable, right? So there you go. All right. So now, and then of course, when we look to the Bears, there's something very interesting about the Bears, to be honest with your family that I want to kind of talk about with their injury report, and i just go over it. Uh, Nate Davis, the offensive line, he's out for the game. He's in, in Terrell Smith, the cornerback, out. Safety Jaquan Brisker, out. He's under concussion, concussion protocol, wasn't able to clear. Linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, he's out. So those guys are out. What's interesting is Justin Fields is not out, but is listed as doubtful with a, with a right thumb. Now, we've been told this entire week, that it will be the backup quarterback and, and Tyson Bagent, a Bagent. Oh, I think his name is Bagent. But Tyson B is the dude that's supposed to step up there and be their quarterback. I think I find it really interesting that Fields is listed as doubtful. You know, and remember back in the day, they used to use probable and questionable, right? Probable and quite now they've gotten rid of probable and now it's just questionable. And then they still they use to date. Well, today's questionable was yesteryear's probable and doubtful is today's questionable. I mean, to actually in reverse, that's in reverse. But you understand, I'm like, okay, Justin Fields, why isn't he listed as out for this? Are the Bears trying to sneak us here? Are they trying to sneak in Justin Fields some kind of way by having the doubtful? Now, listen. Doubtful designations, you know, imply that uh, it'll be it's, this is a kind of a game day, a game time decision. Right. But he's not out like Smith, Brisker, Edmonds, Davis. Those guys can't play. But it's interesting that the Bears have feels as doubtful. They trying to pull a, a gank move here. 
I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye out on that. And, of course, the rest of the lineup, Lucas Patrick, the offensive lineman, fully practiced. Eddie Jackson, fully practiced as well. Mercedes Lewis, no designation for him. Larry Boom, the offensive line, is also good to go for the Bears. So just really interesting there. I'm looking at to see what's going on with that uh, with that designation with Edmund. I mean, uh, with uh, Justin Fields. That's very interesting. Very interesting. All right, so let's move into the statistical part of the stream and you take a look at what's going on with the stats on both squads. Saints offense ranked 11th. That's much better, much better. The offense is a top, it should be a top 10 unit with everything that we have, right? Now, the only issue is, and we'll delve into it as we get to keys of victory and philosophy moving forward, it's very simple. This stuff's never complicated. 14 ranked offense for the Chicago Bears. We'll see what happens with that when we talk about uh, their quarterback there, Tyson B coming out there. And will he be the guy or is it Justin Fields? Trust me, it's a different offense when Fields is there. Remember a couple of weeks back when he was doing his thing, uh, he was throwing the ball, moving the ball around. He had some chemistry with his receivers, DJ Moore, who, who we are very familiar with DJ, from his times with the Carolina Panthers. Big play wide receiver, Daryl Mooney, which is a former two. And they got a couple of two-lane green wave players on the Chicago Bears team that are helping them do some positive stuff. So we're going to cover the depth chart as well. But Saints 11th ranked offense. You got the 14th ranked offense for the Bears. The Saints defense top 10 in the NFL. That's why I was kind of upset last week. What was going on with the Saints defense last week when they weren't containing freaking Gardner Minshew, allowing him to do his Joe Mon, uh, Steve Young thing, scramble around and make plays, extend plays. And it made the game more dramatic than what it was supposed to be because we were not handling the business from a defensive line standpoint. That has to stop because I'm seeing that a lot more. And I'm not surprised by that because the Saints have have a history of not being able to contain. And I only say those guys on mobile. It was just shameful. Because Gardner Minshew is not a mobile quarterback. You know, I ain't going to say he's not mobile, but he'll take off on you. If I mean, any quarterback, like that's like saying Baker Mayfield is mobile. I mean, if a quarterback is looking around and he has a rhythm, and those guys did have somewhat of a rhythm, and they just, and then this huge parting of the Red Sea, like an offensive line opens up, and you have a, you know, massive gap in front of you, and then you have an opportunity to pick up at least 10 yards between you and the, and the the next Saint defender. And he just takes the hell off. Or if the line, you know, if a guy ciphers into him and opens up a lot, a side of the line where he could scramble off to the right or left of the offensive line while looking down the field and then guys break off routes to come back to him and plays get ad lib, that can be problematic. That's how he was able to get the touchdown in on the Saints later on in the matchup. So it should have really been a blown out, a blowout. So I'm hoping that this stuff gets cleaned up, gets cleaned up, man. It has to get cleaned up because we can't have those guys moving around like that out there. That's big time problematic. But the Saints have a history of allowing this type of stuff to happen. You will want them to stop that. We need to stop that as soon as possible. And then, of course, you look at that. But that's why I was kind of upset about that. 
but 19th ranked, I mean, ninth ranked defense there. It's a positive. The Bears defense is 25th ranked. They got a lot of issues. They really do. But they added Montez Sweat there. We're going to go over that. He comes in automatically the top sack man for the squad. And then they still have Yannick Ngakwe there. So I think Ngakwe has like two sacks. But still in all, you have to watch out for these, these speed rushers when they get here. And Sweat is a guy that can be moved around the line as well. So we'll cover that. And talking about the passing, go here's the offensive statistics for the Saints offense. 19th and pass. I mean, ninth, well, I keep saying 19th. Ninth and passing for the Saints. So the defense overall ranked ninth. The offense passing-wise is ranked ninth, ninth in the NFL. And then the rushing attack is 17th. The Bears passing attack 23rd in the NFL and their fifth rank rushing the ball. So they're very good. And you see, statistically speaking, how it's a huge disparity between passing and the running. And a lot of that is due toward the a poor quarterback play. You got a backup running it, not familiar. He's turning the ball over, uh, stuff like that. That looks different when Justin Fields gets there. He has a chemistry with his wide receivers. He knows who to go through. They have a... Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience. Just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Uh, they have a very decent skill set of wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. The quarterback issue for the offense is the big problem that I've seen in my research. And of course, they're running the football behind Johnson, who was working, who was the running back behind Bijan Robinson with Texas, and he was a good running back. They're putting him there now. That's dude, that dude averages 4.6 yards per carry. He runs hard as hell in the St. Paul's and the Saints need to make sure they kind of stop that from happening because that's their only way the keys to victory for Chicago is to run the football. The Saints have to do a job of stopping that. You dig? So anyway, that's some of the individual statistics. And of course, the last time the Saints, just from a historical standpoint, played the Bears was back in January the 2nd of 2021 and they beat them 21 to 9 uh, there in the Dome. So we have to be able to kind of keep that trend going in the right direction. You get what I'm saying? You do, you do you feel me that? All right. So anyway, let's keep going, man. Let's move on to this, man. We're going to talk about this is the depth chart right here. Rather, let's just go here. Let me familiarize you guys with some of the statistics here. As you can see, Justin Fields, who's mi- who missed several games of, of being hurt. He has a thumb issue. And like I said, I mean, it could be nothing. But I'm saying on the injury report, it's saying that Justin Fields is listed as doubtful. Why isn't he listed as out? Could this be a sneak move by the Chicago Bears 
to try to take the Saints off guard by thinking that you'll see Tyson B. When you won't see Tyson B, you might see Justin Fields or a combination of both. Could this be a sneaky move by the Bears? I don't know. I'm just just calling that out. But anyway, he's the top passer for the Bears so far. You can see his numbers and Tyson B sitting up there with 477 yards off of 56 of 80 on the attempts, 159 yards a game against one touchdown, three interceptions, sacked three times, and he averaged his rating is just under 74%. Now the rushing attack, you see Herbert there with uh, Justin Fields is 237, and Foreman, you see the former uh, Carolina Panther Foreman there, but it's Roshan Johnson. They got him in the starting chair and six games he's played 31 carries for 143 yards he averages 4.6 yards per carry he does have a touchdown there and the bears want to get the running game going and johnson is not a bad running back at all a lot of people believe when he was at texas had not if if Bijan robinson wasn't there that guy would have tore it up even when he was in there and got an opportunity to play a lot of people saying hey man robinson's getting a lot of uh, attention and rightfully so, but this Robin, this Roscoe, this uh, Roshan Johnson kid is actually pretty good too. And the Bears seen him, they brought him on up in there. So anyway, that's what they're looking at according to the injury report. They have Vellis Johnson Jr., who was a guy that I scouted, who's very good, and we'll see what he does. But from a uh, let's go to the receiving threat situation, targets and all this kind of stuff. The top receiver for them is DJ Moore. 44 catches, five touchdowns, averages 16 yards per catch uh, for the team. And he is their star guy. Remember, they gave up the, the uh, what was it, the uh, Chicago trader with Carolina, gave him all of the first-round draft pick to get D.J. Moore to pair him with Justin Fields. Wasn't a bad idea to get him because they needed a guy that can do it. And then all of a sudden, you see Moore kind of take off and did some positive stuff. He leads their receiving core with 44 catches off of 57 targets, five touchdowns. Cole Komet is the top, the second guy with 35 catches. Their tight end, their big tight end, who's pretty decent. He has three touchdowns behind that. Darnell Mooney was the receiver from Tulane, is a really sneaky good wide receiver. He was doing positive stuff last year for the Bears from out of Tulane. The dude could play 28. I mean, he had 28 targets, 15 catches for him. He averages 15 yards per grab. He has one touchdown in the game. So he's a speedster that can make something happen. Now, you know, DJ is supposed to be the big guy there and all this kind of stuff. They have some flux in their wide receiver room, but these guys are still kind of learning as well. Remember, they also, the Chase Claypool thing and all this kind of stuff happened. So, but yeah, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney are some of the guys that you have to pay attention to. Now, I know St. Brown was another guy. He's a big wide receiver that they like, but he's been banged up. He's not going to be. I don't think he's available. Matter of fact, I think he's he definitely out for this game. You go into their defense. T.J. Edwards, the linebacker, averages. He has 85 total tackles with two sacks. He leads the linebacker core. Edmonds, who I think will not be in this game. Edmonds, 63 tackles. I think he's hurt. And Tyreek Stevenson is the next dude with 49 and Jaquan Briscoe is another guy I scouted really good safety. He will be out of this game. So they're missing some people here on defense to kind of help them move this thing along. So remember, they traded for Montez Sweat, who comes in. I think he has six sacks coming into this game. So he was traded and to provide pass rush. They, they want to have some more pass rush there coming into this thing. Two guys are tied 
with sacks. And that's Edwards, the TJ Edwards, I talked about the linebacker who leads the team in tackles and, and, and Yannick Ngakwe, who has two sacks in the game. So not much shaking in terms of them getting sacks. So Montez Sweat was definitely a guy that they decided to bring in that kind of helped them change that. Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, is the top uh, interceptor. He has two of them, and there's several players who have one. All right, and then, of course, we talk about the two-lane guys, Darnell Mooney, Cairo uh, Santos, the place kicker, is with them as well. He's a guy that'll help that. He's 11 of 16 uh, for the kicking game for the Chicago Bears. So that's some of the players there, man. We get familiar with some of these guys, and like I said, this team is struggling because of a lot of injuries that are happening. Like they're saying, Justin Fields is listed as doubtful. I'm really paying attention to that. I think something sneaky going on right there. Just saying it might very well just be uh, Jim doing it like that. But usually the guy was didn't practice. And then all of a sudden he pops up as doubtful, not out. Because usually I'm just saying I'm pinpointing that it might be something to it. Maybe not. I don't know. But something really stink about that, you know. And, of course, we, this is the starting lineup as, as listed from them is Roshan Johnson, the running back. This is a guy that I believe that you got to definitely watch out for. This guy was good at Texas. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, north-south power runner, uses the stiff arm, averages 4.6 yards per carry. The Bears are putting the ball in his hand because they know that they need to run the ball to have some type of uh, chance to keep the game balanced. Now, Tyson B is supposed to be the guy that we believe is starting according to the doubt thing. We'll see. This is numbers. Not very impressive. He's a guy that can move around in the pocket. He does. He's 6'3", 215. He is uh, pretty much a guy that is a rookie, and you know what you got to do against them. They're, they are rookies. DJ Morris, obviously the top guy right there. You can see him right here. We talked about him during that, but you'll see a lot of these guys to get familiar with. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney. And then, of course, they have the slot guy, Tyler Scott. You can see St. Brown is on the IR. Uh, you might very well see Vellis Johnson, a former uh, Tennessee volunteer there. Cole Komet is another big target for them. 35 catches, three touchdowns. He averages nine yards per catch. Big target. 6'6", 260. Watch out for this guy. So we talk about uh, quarterbacks, and we understand safety blanket uh uh, tight end is usually a safety blanket for a rookie quarterback or even any good quarterback. They usually kind of lean on their tight end. Cole commits huge red zone target, catches the ball well. He's second on the team in receptions. Averages, just like I showed you, nine yards per catch. Watch out for that guy as well. And then we go offensive line-wise. Their fullback is blessing game. And their line is Borum, Jenkins, White, Cody Whitehair. Nate Davis is out, so Tevin Jenkins or, you know, is will get an opportunity to play there. Uh, Darnell Wright is the right tackle. So the whole issue is, like, and we talk about the Chicago Bears, and this is something that they reveal right here, as you can see right here. Uh, Coach uh, Eberflus told ESPN on Friday that Phil's thumb is doubtful, which is 51%. He said, which is 51% out, but we'll see where it progresses through the weekend and on to the start of next week as well. Doubtful, doubtful. Could they be sneaking something in here? I'm just saying this dude's supposed to be out O-U-T in the game. So they might be trying to sneak the Saints. It's a different game if Justin Fields plays. Justin Fields moves around in the pocket. 
Justin Fields can make the throws and he can climb in the pocket. He can scramble around. It's a different world if Justin Fields plays. If Justin Fields plays in this game, it's a different world for the Saints defense with him in there versus this this, this Tyler kid. It's a different world. Now, he's like I said, is this something about I'm, I'm, I'm my spidey sense is saying, man, it's something sneaky about that. Bears could be trying to sneak the Saints. And of course, we went, we showed what Ty, uh, Tyson can do. We've seen some of his stuff. He's very he kind of he has some positives like he's he can move around in there. We've seen him make some throws and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the dude's still a rookie. You know, you got to punish him back there. All right. So anyway, we'll see how that all goes and flips. We'll get to the keys of victory momentarily. And then let's go defensive. Yannick Ngakwe, we talked about him. Remember, fam, a lot of people wanted the Saints to go after Yannick Ngakwe. But a lot of what Yannick Ngakwe does, right? Uh, he's a pass rusher. He's not so much, even though I've seen on film that he's gotten a little bit better in setting the edge. That's why he bounced around so much in a locker room cancer. It's just he's so good at rushing the passer. Well, it don't look like now he has 10 solo uh, tackles and two sacks uh, so far through week nine. Not very big, but, you know, guys like Yannick will pile up sacks real quick. Next thing you know, he'll have two in one game, three in the next game. For, he pile, he, It'll look like some Cam Jordan type stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might not have nothing right now, but when the year over with, he, he has 10 or 11 sacks. You're like, how you did that? Oh, that's how they do it, man. They just catch the sack. Holy Ghost. And next thing you know, they pile them on up on you. So got to watch out for Yannick and Gakwe. Not so much about his ability to you know, stop the run, even though he has the speed to pursue you. But that's always been a thing about Yannick's game. That's why he bounced around so much to do get sacks. But, you know, being a guy there, you know, you can kind of run at him to kind of neutralize him. That was been, that, that's that been the thing to knock on him, the scouting report on Ngakwe. But really, the big item that happened here for them was the trade that brought him in Montez Sweat. Sweat, they made a trade with the Bears before the trade deadline. And they brought this guy in. He has six and a half sacks and 21 tackles, two forced fumbles in, you know, and he's going to be licking his chops against the Saints. So Montez Sweat automatically comes in. He's 6'6", 260. He can move. This was a solid move by the Bears, even though they needed a, a pass rusher, somebody that can kind of lead that unit there. And that was a really solid move by the Bears to go with the, the Bears front office to pick up this kid. You got to watch out for this dude. This dude could play. They can move him around, too. If they have uh, any ideas of how they need to use this guy, getting a Montez sweat on the defense and moving around and teaming them when a Yannick Ngakwe can be problematic for the New Orleans Saints offense. We got to watch out for this kid. And, of course, inside, uh, Andrew Billings and Justin Jones are there. Zach Pickens, I remember him. Uh, Garvin Dexter Sr. is a former Florida Gator and not too much to talk about those guys, just mostly run stuffers. But guys like Montez Sweat could be, this is a big move by the Bears defense to get a guy like him there. And then maybe he helps Yannick Ngakwe out because you have to pay attention to Sweat. And Ngakwe gets off, it could be problematic. And then let's move to the linebacker court. TJ Edwards is a guy that leads the team in tackles. We talk about him, Tremaine Edmonds, who's the other guy, the combo guy. He's out, so you might see Sandburn or perhaps you see Dylan Cole and look who they got popped up here our old guy here uh no that's Noah I'm sorry Noah soul I thought <laughs> so anyway yeah TJ Edwards is a guy you got to watch out for he's a 
a guy that always able to find the, the 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 ball carrier. He's always got he moves around really well. He covers both the pass and run right now. And he does a pretty good job for the Chicago Bears defense. Edmonds is out. Jack Sanburn is could help out in the position with him being out. And it's still Dylan Cole and others. Now from the defensive uh, room or the defensive back or the secondary, rather, Jalen Johnson leads the team in interceptions. They do have some injuries. Jaquan Brisker, who was a pick that I really like. Uh, scouted is a really good player. He's out of the game. So you probably see Quindell Johnson. Uh, Harmon is another good safety that's there. Uh, perhaps uh, we'll see how they all deals with that. You know, they still have Eddie Jackson there in the safety room. And then the other cornerback is Kyler Gordon there. So you'll see Tyreek Stevenson with Terrell Smith being out. Maybe Tyreek Stevenson gets an opportunity to go there, go there as well. So the Bears defense is not a tremendous unit you know they're not a a, a, you know we showed you some of the statistics on the Bears defense they're not all that but Montez Sweat is a big acquisition for the Bears defense he gets after you he can light everything up the pressure and we all know if the pass rushers are coming that speeds the quarterback timeline or his mindset or his mind clock if he has one up to make him throw the ball early or uh, you know step up and throw that ball early before the wide receivers is ready. And that can help the secondary uh, by picking the ball off. Those guys can hit him as he's throwing the ball. They can deflect. I mean, a lot of stuff can go awfully wrong with a Montez Wet and Yannick and Gakwe combination. So we have to watch that. We have to watch that. And of course, the special teams is Santos from Tulane, Trenton Gill, and the kick return is Tyler Scott and Trenton and Trent Taylor. So Trenton Gill is the punter. Vellis Johnson also is a guy that helps out in both capacities if injuries hit. So with that being said, let's kind of move into what the Saints have to do, family. What would be what what does it look like for the Saints to get a victory against the Chicago Bears? What would it look like? How would the Saints get a dub? And like I said, and, and I know it it will sound pretty much the same kind of way uh, over and over again when we talk about stuff like that. But. The keys to victory is, is from an offensive standpoint, the Saints have to be able to do what they did against the Colts, which is run the ball. Take the ball out of Derek Carr's hand. And I'm not saying Derek, Gar- Derek Carr is trash. I would never call him trash. I don't think he's trash. I don't think the Saints buy trash or garbage. I think the guy is actually a pretty decent quarterback. I think, based on what I'm watching him go through, is I don't think he's ready now for the role that people are trying to put on him, meaning that he needs to kind of have a little bit more experience with this offense. I don't think he's trash. You know, I think he needs to settle down. He did a really good job of that. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. 
Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. The last time around, settling down and making plays, you know, just settle down and make plays. But the Saints really did something positive in the last game. They took the ball out of his hands. Like, there were several drives when Taysom Hill was in the game and went and got the touchdowns. You see that? especially in the red zone. Did y'all notice that? I know y'all did because y'all smart. Y'all the great same thing, Tank. Give yourself a round of applause. We know that. We know that. Yeah. We know that. We just need to get Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael on the same page. We've been yelling it for weeks now and saying the same damn thing. We've been saying the same, the same damn thing about that. We have to take it out of his hands. Red zone struggles in the red zone. What do you do when your quarterback, Derek Carr, struggles in the red zone? Hey, you pull him out of there. He ain't lying. Pull him on up out of there. Pull him on up out of there and put him on the bench. Put Taysom Hill in there and put uh, Saunders in front of him, Big Kalen, and let him go and get the touchdown. And that's what the Saints have done. That's what they did. And that is that is intelligent thinking there. I'm going to approach it from an offensive standpoint first because that's that's the supreme topic here. Is the Saints struggle in the red zone? Last game, they did not struggle in the red zone. They were able to get that ball. They took Carr off the field and put Taysom in there, and they went and got them touchdowns. That's what you're supposed to do. If Carr is struggling in the red zone, and he is just going to continue, take his ass out of there and rely heavily on your running attack. Remember last week, the Saints, and I don't want anybody to forget this, the Saints had 161 yards rushing. That's the, by far the most that they had the entire season. I think they had 130-something in the Patriots game. They had 161 yards rushing against the Colts. Everybody that was a running back touched the ball last week. Taysom Hill, even though you might not call him a running back, I call him a running back. He runs it like a running back more than he throws it like a quarterback. He's a damn running back. <laughs> you know, he, can, he runs it more than he catches it. So Taysom here, it was a part of the rushing attack, and I love that because he's really now, he's a natural-born power guy. Love Taysom Hill. And they had guys like Kendra Miller. He had an opportunity to run the ball. Jamal Williams averaged five yards of rush on six carries last week. And Elvin Kamara is Elvin Kamara. He's phenomenal. What can I say about AK-41? He's the man. So you gave, you had every running back involved last week that compiled 60, 161 yards, and I think three touchdowns running the ball. That's how the Saints were able to do that. And then when they were able to shoot that ball down the field of Rashid Shahi, how did he able to get that, him get five yards beyond the safeties and the cornerbacks because of the Saints running the ball? That's what happens when you run the football. Guys, ink, they get, they itch up closer to that line of scrimmage. I call it I call it resource uh <laughs> resource rerouting. Rerouting of resources, meaning that damn the Saints running the ball pretty good against us. Let me go ahead on and, and, and put that safety close. Let me put that safety in the box there. Let them help out and run support. When that happened, I'm going right up top of your head, man. Ain't no doubt. Ain't about it. So that's what I'm saying. So we that's what we gotta do. That's what running the ball does. And credit the Saints offensive line because the Saints offensive line was able to do that. They were able to open up these lanes and allow for uh, us to get the gain ground through the rushing attack, which ultimately opens up the shots that you need to take to get downfield. One helps the other. And that's why I was saying about Carr. Carr is not ready for the role that they, they was. That's why we was losing those games. They was trying to get Carr to win the game. No, 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 no. 
You don't need to force him to do that. And they knew that when they got him, when he first got here, that that's why Dennis Allen had uh, a Kendra Miller. He drafted him, a Jamal Williams, a Elvin Kamara, a Taysom Hill. You know that the greatest strength from an offensive standpoint that you have is the power of the running tech. Even Dennis Allen said that in the, the press conferences leading, you know, before the season started. How their mentality going into the season was they want to be a power running tech. He said that when he took the job, but he finally manifested it in the second year. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's not hard. We have to learn to rely on that. And I, I don't understand why the Saints didn't bring in a fullback. I, I don't get that. Uh, uh, Saunders is a guy that they use in, you know, in the goal line package, but you're going to still need a, a real fullback to help you out between the 20s. Why didn't we go out and get a fullback? I know Adam Prentice is on the injury list. But why didn't we go out and bring in a fullback, a guy that clears open the hole so that the guy following them can get to the second level where the linebacker's at? If we can get Kamara to the second level, that's a win. That means that's five yards right there. We averaging five yards a rush. If we can get AK-41 to the second level, if we can get him to the linebacker level, and he's powerful and strong enough to run through some of those guys, put the juke on them, and get to the next level. That's what I'm saying. I'm not against him running naked, meaning that you're putting him out there as a running back by himself. But why aren't we using, if we're going to use the power, why aren't we using, you know, or going into the future, why aren't we having a blocking fullback to help them out? Like if you give a blocking fullback that goes in that hole and punches that damn hole hole open, clearing out a defensive lineman or clearing out a linebacker, and you got Jamal Williams shooting behind him, Dude, that's he gets to the second level and beyond. I'm just saying this is football fundamental. If we're going to keep a fullback on the roster, so obviously we have plays geared where we'll need a fullback to block. Why aren't we doing that? You see, why aren't we doing that? And plus, on top of that, that helps everything out when you can dominate and run the ball that way. That means it takes pressure off our quarterback that's still trying to figure it out. It also provides extra time for our defense to rest. And it, you take possession and control of the clock, which sh- usually shrinks your adversary's playbooks. So, and it just, it just, it's a whole nother dynamic. So one of the keys to victories to beating the Bears from a Saints offensive perspective is they have to continue to do what they did in the last game, the Colts game, which is use the full power of the running room, of the running of the running group, meaning everybody, Elvin, Jamal, Kendra, Taysom, everybody needs to get involved like we did last week. Get them all involved because they can't stop that. You know how incredibly difficult it is to change and adjust to the different styles of the running backs that you're going after. The defense is looking at Elvin Kamara and they're like, okay, we got his rhythm. Then you put Jamal Williams in there, north-south running. That's pounding through and then you mix in Kendra Miller and then you mix in Taysom Hill in there. The defense is like, oh, damn. You know, they can't figure it all out. They have to constantly adjust to the styles of these people and they can't do it. That's what happened with the Colts defense. The Colts couldn't get a bead on them. Like, damn, man, they just killing us. You know, so that's keep the run going. And allow it, like I said, until Carr can prove that he can score in the red zone. When he's in the red zone, you keep doing what you've been doing. That's winning. Why why change it? Keep doing what you are doing. That's from that perspective. Run first, pass off of run. Now, of course, do I need to really say we don't need we need to keep the turnovers down? Do I really need to say that? We need to not have pre-snap penalties in the matchup, penalties that we can control. 
we can control some of these penalties. Could we not have pre-snap penalties in the game, false starts in our own building? Do I need to say that? And not turning the ball over? Do, do, yeah, I guess I do. It's a part of the show, right? But that also is a part of it. Now, from a defensive standpoint, I think some trickeration is going on here with the Chicago Bears and uh, Justin Fields. I think something going on there for them to put him as doubtful. I think something going on there. Now, he could play, maybe not all of it. They can mix him and, you know, the backup quarterback in there together. You know, I think some I think some funny business could be going on right there. That's all I'm saying, where they can try to mix it up. Now, he could be mixed in there with Tyson is all I'm saying. I'm expecting Justin Fields to play in this game. I'm going to be honest with you because he's not listed as out. He's listed as doubtful. I think this is a sneak move. But it's different if he's in there versus Tyson. Tyson is a rookie. He don't know anything. You know, he don't know a lot enough for the team to rely on him. And I'm not disparaging the kid, but if you look at the film, the dude just, he had, he got the deer in the headlight look. Sometimes he looks really comfortable back there, but he needs the power of the running attack to help him, which is how the Bears intend to generate offense running the ball with Johnson, who's who's a good young running back. They have other backs behind him that they can use to keep that thing going. They are ranked fifth in the NFL in doing that, so we have to watch out for that. Right. They're not like 10th or 15th. These guys are a top five NFL unit in doing that. So we have to take that aspect of the offense. Good. Now, if Justin Fields is in there and Justin Fields is in there doing his thing, that all changes because that offense dramatically looks different. It don't look like a 23 or whatever. It's ranked from that perspective. They've fallen because of the last several games of ineffective QB play from a rookie. But feel when Fields was in there, that offense was was catching thunder. They were moving. He was finding DJ Moore. He was looking for Mooney. He was finding Cole Komet. They had the running game with him. So they were kind of moving the thing. They had other issues elsewhere, but they didn't have a problem moving that ball up and down the field. You know, so it changes. If Tyson is in there, you blitz him, give him different looks. It's going to be a long day for the Bears. If Justin is in there, he's going to try to find DJ Moore, who's a problem. So the Saints got to put, they probably going to put him a laddie daddy on him to lock him down. Mooney is going to be a problem uh, for you as well. Be Paulson Adebo has been look, doing and looking really good, but Paulson Adebo, if he's matching up with Mooney, that could be problematic. You know, so we'll see because Mooney's a smaller guy. He's 5'11", but he runs good routes. He catches damn near everything you throw to him. He's a good he's a good wide receiver. So, and then, of course, the 6'6", six six, Colmet, uh, uh, you know, is another problem to behold. He's a red zone problem. You just throw the ball in his vicinity. He's tough to bring down. And he's a dude that they rely on. He's the second best uh, receiver in terms of uh, catches. So they utilize him there. He also blocks well. So in the the end, we have to be able to get to whoever's back there. We have to be able to keep the pressure on. The Saints have to dial up the pressure. They have to make it uncomfortable for whoever's back there. We cannot, and listen, fam, for both of these guys, because they can move. We cannot allow what happened in the cult game and in the uh, Tampa Bay game, well, in more games, where we allow these guys to move around and at lib on plays. We can't do that. We have to be more disciplined in our gap assignments. And if we're going to pressure or blitz, we have to be disciplined with it. We can't be blitzing and, and doing all this craziness and then leaving areas of the field where quarterbacks can escape and extend plays. We can't do that. 
You know, I've seen that was a troubling trend that happened several times in the game against the Colts that had the Saints stop that and made the adjustment. We would have beat them people way worse than what we did, you know, and it's just it's, what it is. It's not we. it's not the fact that we don't have the ability to do it. We just that's a discipline trait. You have to be disciplined to do that. You have to see it and stop it. You have to communicate and say, hey, fellas, we can't do this. Mr. Saunders, Mr. Shepard, hey, fam, y'all got to stay here. I'm going to have to do this. You know, we can't vacate and leave real estate uncovered for quarterbacks to scramble around and extend plays. That's unacceptable. That'll get that. That'll keep games closer than what they're supposed to be. And we can't have that. We have to neutralize that. And teams are relying on the Saints to be undisciplined and protecting certain areas of the field from a defensive line standpoint. Oh, the Saints defense, man, hell, they'll give you a, a they'll part like the Red Sea and give you 10 yards you can run. No, nah, we, we can't have that. That must be stopped if the Saints are serious about doing anything with the playoffs. They got to stop that. Teams will get, get you up out of here quick doing foolishness like that. That needs to be stopped. But anyway, that's part of it. And that, that's what that's what I think the keys to victory is for the black and gold, that we have to operate like that. We have to get pressure on Fields or Tyson, whoever's back there. We have to get pressure on these guys. We have to make it difficult for these guys. You know, we have to make it difficult. And above all, they are a top five rushing team. They need to be, that rushing attack need to be stopped. We can't allow them to do that. We can't allow them to run the ball effectively against us. All right. So anyway, shout out to the fam, man. And uh, I think I missed, uh, I got a couple of super chats I won't delve into. Scoop, what's up, Scoop? Shout out to you, bro. You text me, bro. I, I damn, bro. I, my, I was so busy yesterday, man. It's crazy how busy I've been, bro. I apologize for not. I, didn't I reply? I think I replied. I don't know. I, I forgot. Scoop says, "Give okay." <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Wanna man. say thank you? Thank you very much. Yeah, go go. Maha says, "Yeah, I was calling Baker. May yeah, Baker. Yeah, Baker, Montana." Bro, because, bro, you seen how he was looking back? I was like, man, am I in the, the twilight zone? Why are the, how and why are they allowing him to do that? What's going on here? That's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, man, what the hell? But thank you, school. Appreciate it. And Pammy, thank you, Queen, for that as well. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Picking me up. Shout out to Reginald. He says, Q, uh, what, what do family saints, he says, what do family saints need to go on a winning streak six or seven games? Car stop crying, a lobby stop pouting, Carmichael call, better play call, and using heel will be fine. Who that family show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even have to play the whole thing no more, man. <laughs> this is good enough. <laughs> y'all know what y'all know what come after that, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you, man. But hey, listen, that's the keys, man. We have to be able to do it. And that and my concerns, and, I, and my concern, I big concern before we play Dennis Allen. He's coming up next. We got Dennis Allen. We're gonna react to his uh, latest press conference. You can see he's smiling in the face. He's a ha- he's a ha- he's a happy possum today, and I, I don't want to take any energy away from him because he knows that the Saints should beat the Chicago Bears. So he's a very ha- happy possum today. But this is the thing that I want to talk about: the concerns that I have with the with the offense. Right? 
can they do, you know, like, we know that they should be able to beat the Bears. The Bears know that they need Fields in there. I think Fields plays. I could be wrong, but I think Fields plays in this game. Does he play a lot? I, I don't know, but I do think he plays in this game against the Saints. The Bears need to win. They need to win. And I think he he plays. The Saints, whoever's back there, the Saints got to make it difficult. They got to get to him and knock him around. Now, from an offensive standpoint, my concerns are, can the Saints, can they duplicate the success they had against the Colts? Offensively speaking, can they duplicate that? That's the big thing that I want to know. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Meaning, can they keep running the football and doing positive things like that? Can they keep doing the things that work over and over again? And then when teams adjust to what they're doing, do they continue to still dominate there? And then if they adjust, how do they adjust? Do they adjust to success or do they adjust to something that doesn't work? Usually it's a it's a give and take. But can they do that? As opposed to, yeah, we got the win and then they go back to what they did in the two games when we had on, we were on a two game losing streak. So which Saints team offensively do we get? Do we get the Colts version or do we get the two game losing streak version prior to the Colts game? Because that's, that's what happened. They went back to what didn't work after beating the Patriots, blanking the Patriots. Then they went back to what didn't work for two games. And then when they started getting pressure from outside the building, then they went back to what works. So I'm like, Pressure is forcing them to do this. And it's taking it. Don't let them people tell you that it's not. Because when Carr got up there, see, they'll they'll tell the truth sometimes when it ain't scripted. After the Colts win, Carr got up to the podium and says, damn, it's, it feels good to smile again. Oh, I thought uh, uh, nothing else bothers you. I don't mind. I don't pay attention to all that. He said that in the last press conference we covered. Oh, I don't pay attention to that. You know, you just do such and such. such, such. Oh, you going to pay attention. You're going to pay attention to this tension, especially when you don't win or you're going to feel it. You're definitely going to feel it. It feels good. Y'all put one in the chat if you remember that, him saying that it feels good to smile again. Y'all put one in the chat if y'all remember that. Put one in the chat if y'all remember him saying that because that's that's a, that's what I'm saying. It, and, the, and a lot of some of it's his fault, but you got to also know as a coach, that this guy is not ready for what we asking him to do. You got to see it. It's called know your personnel, KYP, know your personnel. You got to know where he is in his development. 
you got to know if you get out there and you watching the dude do his thing and then you're like, OK, he's struggling here. We got to come up with something because he's not ready. Certain areas of his game he got and certain areas of his game he doesn't have. But the pressure's on in the red zone. The Saints learned that. I want to make sure everybody in the great Saint think tank and who that nation know that was a big part of the win was when the Saints got in the red zone, Taysom Hill took over. And Carl was sitting on the freaking sideline. Y'all remember that? Put one in the chat for that. Remember that. That's how you cure your red zone woes until the quarterback gets where he belongs. See, that's how they know they learned it. But it took pressure. Pressure. He ain't lying. Pressure. It took pressure. I'm going to say like old Southern Baptist minister. Pressure. It took pressure. to Pressure. Start bang, you know, hitting my hand on the podium. It took pressure. It took pressure from outside to force them to do these things. If there was no pressure from outside anywhere, they'd just be just just a happy possum everywhere. You know, it's happy, just a happy mouse everywhere. To be happy mouses and possums running around in the Saints facility. We can't allow that to happen. We must make sure that we do what we're supposed to do, and that's keep the pressure on them. You win, pressure goes away just for the moment. It didn't go away. It just standing up there looking at you. The pressure retreats and it just stays a certain distance away from you. And then when you start losing, the pressure is back. So, I mean, depression don't go away. It just stays away from you while you win and when it keeps it at bay. Just remember that. Remember what it feels like when the pressure. Oh, I don't feel none of it. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. You're going to feel the pressure. You ain't going to take 150. Man, is you crazy? You're not going to take a maybe that's what they did in Oakland or Las Vegas or wherever you came from. But they don't do that here. We don't do that here. You're not going to take one hundred and fifty million dollars from us in a four year agreement and not feel the pressure. We are going to feel the pressure here. You're going to feel it. I promise you, sir, you will. All right. So anyway, I'm going to answer some questions after this, fam. Y'all drop some questions in the comment section, man. I'm going to play Dennis Allen, man. And, and y'all put one in the chat. Y'all can hit Mr. D.A. Here we go. Is that it? Dennis, based off of what you see from James Burns, how often do you feel about his chances? Yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be up and available. Does that change the starting five on the line initially? Or with- <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have five guys out there, I promise. <laughs> I'm sure we're about to see the injury report, but what was Kendrick Miller doing? Uh, illness, kind of the same thing that Everybody's kind of dealt with a little bit. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with anything quite like that? Um, Yeah, we dealt with COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? I think we had like 20 guys out in the in the Miami game. So yeah, we've we've dealt with that before. You mentioned going out to practice once, uh, because players have mentioned they like the break that it gives them to be out there. It's obviously done it twice now. I mean, what what are the benefits you're seeing from? from Well, look, I mean, you know, just getting getting outside, getting a little fresh air, getting off the turf a little bit. um, You know, I think um, give our guys a little bit of a chance to get their bodies back a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. Weird seeing Matt Ryan on your sidelines. Um, Yeah, yeah. I, I made sure we had security close by. Did you keep Cam Jordan away from him? <laughs> um, it was hard to do, but yeah. Yeah. Did you consider making Cam part of the security? No. 
no, Cam's got enough to worry about. After kind of self-scouting or um, for the slow starts, what do you kind of pinpoint? Or do you feel like you have a better grasp of um, kind of the start of games now? Like going through the yeah, look, I mean, we'll find out, right? You know, um, and, and there's really no secret recipe. Um, you know, it's really about, you know, guys just being locked into all the all the details. And, and look, we're going to have to be able to adjust to some un, unscouted looks. You know, that's typically what happens early on in games. And so you got to be able to use your rules and be able to apply your rules. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you just try to get your guys prepared for, um, you know, maybe some unique formations, motions, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but, you know, we don't have a contract with them, so they can do whatever they want to do. So, so we just got to be able to adjust. How do you, uh, like, try to plan for a player like Montez Sweat, who's obviously a big impact player, and they have no idea exactly how to Well, look, play. I mean – you know, I, I don't foresee, you know, a huge shift in what they do schematically. So, you know, obviously we're preparing for the scheme and we understand the challenges of that player. And, um, you know, he's he's been a good player, uh, you know, in Washington. He's, you know, affected the quarterback um, and and been a disruptive force for, for Washington. So, um, look, I, we're going to see him play, you know, at the end position and, and uh, they'll kind of do what they do, I would imagine. You said after the game that that was a, a win that the team needed, all of you. Does that translate to during the week? Do you see something different? Is there a different feel to sort of the whole group, you know, this week coming off? Yeah, look, I mean, that? you know, obviously you gain a little bit of confidence in being able to play uh, that way and win a game like that. But um, yet each and every week is a is a different week. So, um, you know, our, our focus has been on, you know, getting prepared for Chicago Bears, what they do offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Uh, make sure we're on point with the details, and um, you know that's really that's really what this game is about. This game's really about you know executing at a high level, you know, in all three phases. Uh, and look, to be able to do that, you have to have a great week of preparation. Dennis, uh, obviously you've been around Jason for a long time, but you step into that head coach role and you kind of envisioning how to use him. Uh, when you have a guy who do so many things well, how do you? Make sure you're getting the thing he does best. Most. Yeah, look, um, I think that's one of the unique challenges offensively um, is when you have, you know, a lot of different guys that can do a lot of different things and, and unique skill sets. You know, there's only one ball on the field, you know, so everybody can't get the ball on every single play. So, you know, being able to, you know, distribute the wealth a little bit and, and, you know, understanding, you know, there's certain situations in a game that, um, you know, call for, for you know, a different attack, you know, offensively and, and the players that we utilize to do that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, but, but that's, a, that's a good problem to have, to have skilled players that, you know, you feel like can, can affect the game. Specifically, did it take you, really like hone in on exactly how you want to use it? Um, 
Well, look, I mean, last year sort of almost they run out a lot of the tight end stuff, and they kind of in the middle of the year you kind of shifted them. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think you know we, you just you're just kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to utilize that. We've said this before, you know, Taysom's highly effective, um, you know, particularly when he's you know at the quarterback position, and yet I've seen him do you know some some good things you know as a tight end um and realizing it's a 17 game season and um all right you know running backs in our league get 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 kind of beat up a little bit and so uh you know when he's running the ball from the quarterback position it's really it's really no different so um trying to be able to utilize him when we can and and yet uh, you know, understanding that this is a long season. All right. Shout out to Dennis Allen on that one, man. Drop some science on that. And yes, indeed. Sandy, shout out to you. Says, can y'all petition to be in bench car? Cause the Raiders need them back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about that? You know, the only problem with that Sandy is that the saints will not, uh, you know, they, they are tied to him. Uh, he is not going anywhere. Uh, the saints have him here for the next four years. And you can, you know, if you're a little bit more patient in four years, you can have him back, uh, if you want him. But, uh, the reality is the Raiders made a, a bad bet with McDaniels. And, and I knew that was not going to be a good look because what he did with Denver, I, I just, certain guys are not head coach material <coughs> guy on screen, but outside of that, all I'm saying is that the Raiders, Man, if the future is bright if they handle it correctly. So they fired the general manager. They fired the, the coach. They made the right decision. They just have to find a quarterback moving forward. So uh, the Raider Nation is really suffering, man. But Carr, uh, unfortunately for the Raider Nation, Carr is stuck to the Saints for the next four years. And they just have to know how to utilize them. If they do not, the Saints weren't utilizing them correctly, hence the 4-4 four four mark. You can't run around. Uh, the and then of course you look at the Saints schedule and of course we looked at and people were talking about how soft the schedule was and that you had a lot of teams the Saints were playing that had rookie quarterbacks and all this kind of stuff and they had a great points so a lot of these games the Saints lost the Green Bay game was evident Saints were beating them by 17 and nothing that should have been a blowout they scored 18 points in 11 minutes to take the game from the Saints that is ridiculous the two game losing streak that happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and other game. That's ridiculous. Nobody, we're not. And look what Tampa Bay, what, look what they are right now. And I told family members, I said, man, this Bucks team right now is overachieving. They're eventually fall down uh, to the NFC seller. The only problem is the, the Carolina Panthers are paying expensive rent to live in the bottom of the building. So when they go all the way down, Carolina would then catch them. And say, hold on, y'all stay right where y'all are because no, we, we are one in six or whatever they are. So, but the issue is like the Saints just have to know how to use Derek Carr. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and say he's garbage. I never said he was garbage. I, I think he's a, he can be a lot better. But I think what they're doing, them, they're, they're being the Saints, their offensive brass, they're not using them correctly. He doesn't know enough of what you're trying to get him to do. That's why it's failing. Despite the fact the kid was a 10-year veteran in the NFL and what you're trying to get him to do, he can't do. So you have to understand his limitations, know his boundaries, what he can do and what he can't do. It ain't like you're going to see, you know, like we, we, the best here, and I'm going to be real, I'm talking to everybody, 
the best we can hope for for from Derek Carr is he has a similar transition into the Saints offense like we see Matt Stafford had when he moved from the Lions to the Rams. That's the best that we can hope for is that he would do a not exactly that transition, but one similar to it. It might be behind it or by a couple levels, but that is what we aspiring for him to do. You got all these weapons. You got all these wide receivers, running backs. You have all this stuff going on. That's what we really are hoping for or having faith in is that he does that. You, you see what I'm saying? That he does that, have that type of transition. But you but you you will destroy his confidence. I don't care if he's a 10-year veteran or not. You'll destroy his confidence if you are having him to do things that he can't do or he can't do it right now because he's still learning the system. Eventually, he will be able to do those things. But for right now, like the red zone in excess that the Saints was having with him at the quarterback, they couldn't do it, you know, despite the fact that one of the games he had 51 passing attempts on a gimpy arm. So it's like, yeah, man, that was clear that they didn't know the personnel. You don't make him throw that much. And a guy had a banged up an AC sprain on his shoulder and you had him throwing the ball 50 times. Tell me if that makes sense. You see, it's like, well, Q, that's what they had to do. No, they didn't have to do that. They put themselves in that position. But the reality is you've got to know the boundaries and limitations of your players. Know your personnel, KYP. And that's what they're starting to learn now. He can't do it in the red zone. What the Saints do, put Taysom Hill in there with Nate Saunders and go get it. That's how it works. Adjusting. All right, so anyway, shout out to the fam, man. But in four years, Sandy, you can have them. <laughs> you can have them. You can take them in four years. You ain't going to want them in four years. Y'all going to have a quarterback by then, so. Hell, y'all might have one coming up next year, a draft. All right, so shout out to the fam, man. I appreciate you. St. Gomer. St. Gomer, uh, Demario Davis is my understanding that Demario Davis will play in this game. If you have any questions, family, if y'all have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat, man. Um, I'm about to get ready to bounce up out of here. So if y'all got any questions, please feel free to throw them in the chat and I'll do my best to answer uh, them. All right, Quaveda says, DA ain't washed that good luck tide of his head. <laughs> DA. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Tis the season to give something truly delicious. This year, give the gift of gourmet Italian foods with Delalo's Gift Collection. Handcrafted with only the best artisan Italian foods, these gourmet gift collections are sure to impress. Choose from over 50 thoughtfully curated options or build your own custom collection. From gourmet Italian foods like pasta, olive oil, biscotti, and sauces, to everything you need for epic antipasti, charcuterie, and cheese boards. Salumi, cheese, olives, spreads, bruschettas, and Christini, Delalo has it all. And let's not forget about their irresistible Italian specialty sweets and snacks. It's a foodie's dream come true. Whether it's for the foodie on your holiday list or your beloved family and friends, Delalo's gift collection is the perfect choice. And here's the best part. You can shop early and ship later. Simply choose a later delivery date during checkout and Delalo will take care of the rest. So why wait? Order online today at Delalo.com. Give the gift of culinary delight with Delalo's gift collection. Happy gifting. All right. Rob says we lose the game 
we would yeah would it be it would it would be the bad news bears if we lose the game the bad news bears all right okay let me go a little further down here i'm way up here all right sean says green bay came back and covered the spread suspect i know bro some of a lot of that plays into it too and i and i kind of talked about a lot of you can't really enjoy professional sports like you used to enjoy professional sports because all of the betting stuff all of the money that's involved and for people who might not know this the manipulate there is definitely manipulation in these games and it's done through the referees the referees are terribly controlled like a lot of the calls that are being made on the field not even being made by the referees now they're making calls but it used to be where the leagues leave the referees alone and let them make the calls that ain't even the case anymore like if you notice they get near pieces where they're getting talked to from the league office and they officiate these games and they're supposed to be getting it right no NFL has never been a vestige of integrity and honorable and fair play. These people are hiding concussion data, a lying about stuff, sneaky. Un- most of these these owners are creeps. Most of them have shady dealings and pasts, doing all kind of weird, crazy stuff. It's just you go take a look at some of them. They got real weird ties. Half of them like mobster related. You know, the Bidwells and all these other people, man, listen, man, <laughs> you start digging into this. Now, what else it was supposed to be? You know what I'm saying? You find somebody. So, like I said, it's the it, it, it's a front. Like, yeah, we it's all about the shield. Now, the shield keeps the BS away. They'll hide whatever they need to hide behind that damn shield. But any, I don't put anything past them. I'm just keeping it real with you. I don't put anything past them because they do anything for the money. Anything. Any and everything is at play when it comes down to the paper, you know, so the game is manipulated through the referees. That's how they do it. Back in the day, it used to be referees and certain players. You know, it used to have certain ringers in that. This is old school game. A lot of game that came like drop a little science on you about the Magic Johnson thing. It's a lot of, like the whole little the whole AIDS thing that happened with Magic Johnson. It was some funny business. A lot of people uncovered during that. I ain't gonna speak on. I'm gonna speak about it on another show. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cover that on another show. The Michael Jordan thing that happened when he said he retired. It actually wasn't him being retired because he was bored. It was something going on with him out there doing certain things. You know, Jordan is a gambling addict. He's a guy allegedly. He's a guy that likes to go out and gamble a lot. He's competitive. We had all the stories. He betting and losing money, doing all this stuff. A lot of sneaky stuff was going on behind that. So like I said, man, these professional leagues are controlled by people that are tied to these corporations. And their main focus is to not just to get as much money as they possibly can. And they are getting billions of dollars with these sports apps. They are cleaning up. Back in the day when Stern ran the NBA, he was he had his little dirt to him. But it's not like this silver character. They were trying to keep away from Vegas. That was the whole idea. It's like, man, we got to hide the, the connection. The pro leagues have the Vegas. These new regimes, they don't care about that. Notice how Vegas all of a sudden has popped up as a, they got NFL team now. They got, you know, all this. They got the WNBA team. They got the, the hockey team. And how is it that the WNBA team won back-to-back championships? The hockey team in the second or third year won a, a championship. The Raiders are there now, and they they kind of far and few in between. But but I'm telling you, sooner or later, they'll get an NBA team there, too. They'll get an NBA team. They got a WNBA. They'll have that down there, too. They used to run from that connection to Vegas. They ain't doing it no more. All of that is a part of the game, man. Like I said, I know the history of these people. I've studied it, 
And I understand that's why I call it out when I see funny business going on. Always pinpoint the call. You can't let them get away with it. You see funny business, you call it out. That's the only way you get them to clean up the game. That's how uh, when we talked about uh, the great Mayweather. Who, uh, who talked about cleaning up the sport of boxing. And boxing is by far the most dirtiest sport of them all. Dirty sport. And Mayweather was talking about during his fighting time of cleaning up the sport of boxing and all this kind of stuff. How are you going to clean it up if you don't call it out? That's what cleaning it up means. You got to bring the murky, disagreeable stuff to the light. It can't stand the light of crit- uh, critiquing. It can't stand it. When you're critiquing it and showing this type of stuff, it can't stand that. Now, you do have some people that still out here uh, that don't know what time it is, that believe whatever people tell them. They don't do no research, but in the end, there are people out here that's really getting it. And those would be the people that change a lot of this, not the people that still believe in everything they say. That's just how it goes. All right, so anyway, let's keep it going, man. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. It's some weird, like I said, man, it's always deeper game, man, behind a lot of this stuff, man. You just got to be old enough to keep going and looking. You'll see it. All right, so anyway, much love to the fam, man. Listen, in this one, I just think that the Saints, man, in the end, we just need to keep doing what we're doing in terms of what we did against the Indianapolis Colts. That's what we need to do. We need to run the football, uh, use the full power of the running back room to keep doing that. Keep Derek Carr snaps in between 25 to 30. That's what I was saying. He shouldn't be throwing the ball over 30 attempts per contest. If he's throwing it like that, then more than likely you're probably going to end up losing the game. You know, if he's throwing it like that, it should be a controlled running attack with the passing game off the back of the rushing game. That's how it should be. That is how we dominated the Patriots and we should have dominated the Colts and blew them out, uh, you know, grander than what we did, but the defense was surrendering and doing stupid stuff out there. You know, they were allowing the quarterback to just doing weird stuff that we know you, you got to play better than that. You are supposed to be smart. This is not smart allowing this to happen. And this is very fixable. It wasn't like they couldn't, you know, you know, shift and adjust to what needed to be done. It just wasn't doing it. And it was really, it was, I was getting frustrated about it, to be honest with you, because I like, it's make no sense for this to keep happening like this. What are you guys doing? It's the same stuff happening over and over again. But if the Saints minimize, stop doing that and make a concerted effort to contain quarterbacks, they should be, you know, keep them in the pocket. This team should be fine. And we operate through the running attack and, set up the pass or the play action where he can get the ball down the field to Rashid Shahid or Chris Olave or whomever. This is going to, we, we're going to, we're going to should handle this team. Now I don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting the Chicago bears. I don't look past anybody, but I'm saying that at the end of the day, if the saints do what they supposed to do, which is execute the way they did in the last matchup, like improve what they did defensively to keep the quarterback contained to the pocket while pressuring him, and running the ball effectively through the power of the rushing room and having the the pass off the back of the run, they should be able to blow this team out off the map. It should be a game where the Saints scored 31 to the Bears 14 or the Bears 31-17, 34-13, something like that. That's what that's if they handle their business and do what they're supposed to do, that's what it's supposed to look like. The only problem is the Saints are terribly inconsistent terrible you be thinking they figured it out and then they go back to what don't work and that is the mentality that is the, the and you're like how do they do that because that is really the, sub, the, the subconscious of the team is dennis allen he's an up and down head coach you know and until he can have a solid year in which he performs and they have a winning record he's never done that before a lot of his teams have underplayed a lot of his for the, the totality of a, a full NFL season, the best he's ever done as a head coach was seven and what, 10? Seven and 10? No. 
So until he feels what it's like to have a winning season, you know, that then the mindset of the team will be a 50 level or up and down team there. If we have a really good coach sitting on top of the team, there is no way the saints approaching week nine at 500. There's no way, you know, people sit up here upset because they're upset. Not because they did, they being um, unreasonable. That's the thing they like to paint. Oh man, you, uh, you're listening to the people out there, such and such. Listen, bro, let me tell y'all professional athletes something, bro. You only got that because the people are paying into it. You wouldn't have that any other way. I'm not taking your contribution to you staying in shape to go and get the paper. But if the people didn't support the industry, you wouldn't have nowhere to go. You wouldn't be there. So you're, you're benefiting off of something that people are supporting. But let me tell you something. It's not a one-way street. It's give and get. If there's a situation that occurs where the team is underperforming, which it is, and you don't fix it, expect problems to happen. It won't work any other way. If people start drawing back support, and I'm so proud of y'all and the Who That Nation and the rest of the people that get it, that utilize your advocating your power away when you just stupidly support stuff without it giving you any respect back. We this is that, That's an abusive relationship. If you're supporting somebody and they're not get, at least giving you back what you're giving, that, you're not supposed to be doing that. That's everywhere. That's an abusive relationship. If you with somebody and they doing you some kind of way and you treat them like a king and they treat you like a pauper, you got a problem. <laughs> That's a problem there. That's a problem there. So now, yeah. So, so see, we kind of transitioning from this is coffee with Q. Now it's after 12. So it's tea with Q or, or Coke with Q or Sprite with Q or whatever it is. But we talking game right now, baby. We talking game right now. Let me tell you. But anyway, that's an abusive relationship, man. We We don't play that. We're not playing that in 2023. Y'all going to listen and do what y'all supposed to do. I'm pulling this money back. No, no, oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we're going to pull this. You're going to get you. And that's what I'm saying about that pressure. That pressure make them do right. Make them do right. It, that makes them do right. I'm telling y'all, man. So anyway, if I ain't got no question, I'm going to get my ass body here. But listen. All right. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all being here on this uh, day. Hindi and Newton. What's happening, fam? Last thing we need is to barely make the playoffs and lose in the first round, making the case to extend DA because we won the division. Let me tell you something. If Dennis Allen does not perform, and I don't think they get rid of him after this year, I don't think they get rid of him at all. I don't think they get rid of Dennis Allen at all this year or next year, rather, you know, unless now let me hit you with a disclaimer or, or an asterisk here. If he, if let's say that the Saints, which are four and 40, they need, lose every game for the rest of the season. I think they will definitely fire him. Like if he bottoms out now and the Saints don't win any more games for the rest of the year, that, that's hard pressed to sell him uh, back. But if they kind of, I'm telling you, he going to win just enough to stay relevant. Like last year, seven to 10, they going to sell him back to you. But if he does feel, and I don't want the man to feel because he's our coach. I don't want to endure another year of bad football. So I am a, proponent of keeping him there as long as he's winning and i'm not going to ever wish for him to be a failure i want him to learn that's the whole purpose about taking this job brother you supposed to learn like when you're in the off season you go to some of these uh coaching events learn how to be a better motivator you know read some more books 
do something. You're making all this money. Use it to benefit yourself better. Just don't sit up there and look like a possum when we lose all the time. Clean up everything. Go in when you're off season, watch some videos. Go take some classes somewhere. Go to some of these, these successful because they do them all the time throughout the, 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 the country. They have these motivational meetings of how you can be a better motivator, how you can do this, that, and per- all this kind of stuff. They got all of that out there, bro. Start looking at it. That's what I want him to do. I want him to improve as a head coach. He's a good coordinator. Yes, he is. He's a very good de- defensive coordinator. I have no bones about that. I just want him to improve as a head coach because that he's going to need to do that if he's going to have success. It ain't going to come to you like that. You got to be able to do what it takes to go and get it. Like they got so many books. Coach K got a book. Coach Pop got a book out. They got a bunch of coaches that are successful that won multiple championships. Nick Saban has a book out. All that should be on Dennis Allen's shelf behind him when he's sitting up at home. He needs as soon as he get off and go to sleep, wake up and start reading Nick Saban's book or reading these other. You see what I'm saying? If you're a head coach uh, and you're you're ahead of people and you need to go find out what Coach K said how he motivates his people, how he has so much success. He obviously has the, the, the gem and jewel. He has the game and they put it in these books and for them to learn, go read a book. You know, that's what that's all I'm saying. You know, you did. All right. But yeah, I want them to win, man. I want them to win, but don't it. But the caveat is, you know, shout out five whole doc. The caveat is to it with Dennis Allen is the team. Unfortunately, the team does have, him his energy over it and it's a 50 50 energy which is why the team is where it is it's his decisions the quarterback decision the personnel decisions all these decisions are based on him 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 acting and not acting uh in ways that you you see what i'm saying these things should have happened where he would have been able to be uh, a lot more you know a lot a lot more success should have happened with the saints with him there we shouldn't be sitting at 400 right now i mean 500 500 i'm sorry but four and four is what i'm thinking but 500 that's ridiculous man that is absolutely ridiculous all right ryan what's up bro how you doing man a shout out to you appreciate y'all for being in the screen shout out to uh indian newton as well brother eric shout out to you be safe on the road brother lionel how about replacing carmichael after this season carmichael the only way he gets replaced is if the saints don't make the playoffs or they bottom out I think this Dennis Allen is not a guy that believes in making like changes. Like, even though he'll lie to you and tell you, Hey man, we're going to make some changes and we're going to take some jobs away and we're going to do that. And then days later, um, um, there'll be no changes. I'll let you know. Um, and that's what happens. That's that. That's how it goes. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you promise his changes. You don't do any changes. They win, and then he gets on the press conference and says, see, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, he ain't say it like that, but, you know, he's strutting like a peacock. You know, but to have success, sustain success, we have to operate more intelligently and more disciplined. Like, and we have the people there. We need to motivate them correctly to get them going. I know paying you millions of dollars is supposed to be the ultimate motivation, but sometimes, you know, they got, they've been, if you're a millionaire for a long time, it becomes boring, right? <laughs> Cam Jordan been a millionaire for a long time. He's been playing for the Saints for what? I, I forget what, over 10 years now? Is it 10 years? I forgot what it is, man. But he's been a millionaire for a long time. The Saints made him a millionaire many years ago. Does it be, get boring being a millionaire in terms of, you know, you get used to a millionaire's life, right? So sometimes they have, it's, you try to motivate a millionaire. <laughs> Think about that shit, man. Think about that. You got brothers and sisters out here working their tails off. The dollar ain't worth it. the dollar you're making worth the quarter. And you, you <laughs> the, the groceries going sky high. The gas is going up. 
You got all these expenses. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. You got utilities that you got to pay for. You got churn out here running. You know, you got people you got. There's an emergency that might pop up. You might get a flat tire. You might need something going with your car or your truck or whatever. You dig? So you out here doing that, you know, and you be like, damn, man, you know. But for people like that, that have, that, that have the money, that it's a different world. You don't have to motivate a sister or brother that's out there, you know, trying to make ends meet, you know, <laughs> working twice as hard for a dollar that's worth a quarter. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And everything going up, you don't have to motivate them. They're going to go get it because they know what they got to do. But for a person that's been a millionaire for a while, a lot of those people on the team, they've been millionaires for at least two or three years now. So they got a good chance to kind of just just kind of marinate in the millionaire uh, uh, style of living. They got a nice house. Their bills are paid off if they're smart. You know, they got, uh, 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 you know, 501c3 set up where the government can't get in that money. That's what deferred. That's that's a really smart move. That's why everybody got charities and foundations. That's a way to protect your money from cash, from all that kind of stuff. All that happens, man. You know? And they've been, a, a, it's a different level when you have to motivate people like that. And you would think that you would think that they would get it right. Some do, but some don't. The ones that really get it are the ones that are playing for something larger than money, which is their plan for legacy. They're playing for a jacket. That's Cam Jordan, man. That's Cam. That was Drew. That's Elvin. That's Michael Thomas. That's Crystal. These guys are playing for, they ain't playing for just the check. They already rich. They're playing for, for, for name recognition. They're playing for legacy. They're playing for a jacket. They're playing for the make the make people remember who they were 20 years in the into the future. Y'all remember Mike Thomas? That's what that records records and getting all that is about. Getting the record, the wide receiver record. That he'll be remembered years from now. That's like Marvin Harrison was. Marvin Harrison been stopped playing, been retired. 
But that they didn't know about that receiver record until Mike took it down. You see? So they play for that. They play for name and for legacy. That's the great ones do. A lot of them other dudes, that's not their game. I'm just saying it's hard to mo- And then another level to it is it's hard to motivate a millionaire when you when they're making more than you and you the coach, you're making less than them. You get what I'm saying? That's a whole nother caveat to it, too. But when you pay these guys and they make this money and then they be, get that second, the, you don't tell me that their mind frames don't change. Look what happened to Ryan Ramchek. The Saint Ryan Ramchek was a one of the best offensive linemen in the game. As soon as the Saints gave him that money, they say, well, Q, he was banged up. He had injuries when he was playing. He didn't let it stop him. When he got that money, his game went down. Now, he playing a lot better this year, and they're saying because of injuries and something wrong with his knees, they don't have him listed a lot of times on there. But his game, regardless of whatever it was, it correlated with him getting paid that his play dropped significantly, and they thought it would be Lattimore when they pay him that his, his, his play would drop. Shame on him. But I'm just saying in the end, you can pay. you. They pay these guys the big bucks, but then once they get the money, how do they look? How do they play on the field look? It doesn't happen to Carl Grandison because Grandison's going to be great. He's going to be great. Carl Grandison very well could be one of those guys the Saints have that chase Cam into the books. Now, I know he just got here, but I'm well, he, you know, just got his bread. But Carl Grandison could be every bit of the next dude to get high in the top five in sacks the way he is because he can do it all. And he really just touching the surface. You haven't, we haven't show, uh, seen, we see him right now leading the team with five and a half sacks. But Carl Grandison, by the end of the year, can have double-digit sacks and could be playing for a Pro Bowl in this in this con- in this money year. So I mean, it it depends on who these guys are, man. It really did. But I don't see that happening with uh, Carmichael, man. I really don't see him going anywhere. I think the Saints ultimately gain ground as long as they stick to what happens. I shout out to brother Brent, man. He says for uh, for the morning and the Who That Nation. Thank you, brother. Peace <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Uh, Shout out to you. Uh, Also, shout out to Brent. How you doing, Brent? He says, (laughs) Dollar is getting smashed on purpose. Q, yeah, that's right, Brent. Much love, bro. Appreciate appreciate you. Yes, sir, it is. He says, to be paid per play. (laughs) Yes, paid per play. That's right, quality. I think eventually... I don't know. I think the unions are going to be the, the player union is going to fight against that. But, you know, I don't think for a second that hadn't been proposed. Right. That you get paid according to uh, <laughs> to how you play pay per play. Like if you lose, you get less money. If you win, you get more money. You know, I, I don't think that that hasn't been proposed, but it just it, I don't think it'll clear. <laughs> <laughs> the union ain't gonna play that. Now nah, you ain't gonna do that to us. You're gonna pay us the same amount. Whether we win, lose, or draw, we get the same money. All right. And also Brent says, Hope don't get rid of he says, Hope they don't get rid of Granderson. They just re-extended him out, gave him a, a, a multi-year deal, 50 plus million. He's good. Thank you, Brent, for your cash ass, bro. I wanna say thank you, thank you very much. Picking me up, bringing me back to this one. Shout out to you, bro. Uh, Rock says uh, definitely losing at least one game to the Panthers. Still waiting on the NFC South roundtable. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming, bro. We got one coming up real soon, man. Uh, oh, man, I forgot when they said it was supposed to be doing it, but it's coming up soon, brother. A lot of people love the NFC roundtable. Man, let me tell you something. I, I, I got love for all my brothers in the NFC South, my PNP family, 
uh, Big Game James. Uh, what he doing at the Big Game James Sport Network? And my brother, Big Low from Big Low Country Sports. Fantastic people, man. Fantastic people. Me and Logan on the phone, we just start laughing. And, and, and it's like family, man. They're great, man. Great people, man. Great people. Very honored to be affiliated with these brothers in the NFC South. That's why it looks like that, man, because it's a gen, it's just great energy between us, man. And so, yeah, it's, it's coming up soon, bro. Shout out to you, man. Keep pounding. Uh, Nation, shout out to the Carolina Panther Nation. What's up, Jamaica? Shout out to you, Queen. Appreciate you. All right, brother. Eric says, I'm at, okay, you at home. All right. <laughs> yeah, brother. You always running that road, brother. Sit back, kick your feet up there, brother. All right. All right. So anyway, Juan is, what's up, Juan? He says, uh, okay, I'll be in town November. Where's the, okay, she's looking for the meetup. All right, Juan. <laughs> All right. St. Gomez says, kind of, you know, pissed we didn't play, pay Trey Henderson. Well, the Trey Henderson thing was kind of unique, man, because the Saints were like, it's revisionist history, not revision. Like you know how you look back at it and say, "Man, we should have did this such and such and such." But at the time, right, Trey Hendrickson just took advantage of what Cam Jordan was doing. Right, he was just single cover. He was single covered a lot, and he was able to beat the guys around to get to him. But remember the years prior to him having that year, Trey Hendrickson could not stay. And I'm just I'm a I'm a saint historian, so I remember all of the details. That's a part of doing shows like that. You kind of remember all of the details behind some of the moves and why they weren't made like leading them when the saints drafted Trey Hendrickson, there were three, three years of inability to stay healthy. So there was a low confidence in Trey Hendrickson's ability to stay healthy. Right. So he, it wasn't a lot of Trey Hendrickson during those years. And then in the last year, then he broke out and have the, you know, had the big sack year. But the, at the that was positive, but the Saints had a thinking like, man, we don't know if this is a one-year wonder or, you know, because people play really well on the on their contract year. It was his last year of his deal, and he just blew the hell up and had, you know, had all these sacks. And people's like, uh, did he do this because of the contract year? It was a contract year, plus he never stayed healthy prior to that season. So they were had they had their doubts. Plus, they already had drafted a guy to replace to 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 uh, start opposite of Cam Jordan. He already had a guy there and they were looking at him as the guy to to take it into the future. Now it turned out to be a bad move, but that was the logic at the time. That you know, just think about all that what I just said about the 3 years prior to him having that big year, that fourth year when he just blew up on the contract year and then stayed healthy that year, the team was like, okay, we've seen three years of injury-prone play from Trey Henderson, and in his fourth year, his contract year, he balls out, get double-digit sacks, and by that time, I got a first-round draft pick guy here already. So I'm going to save money with this first-round draft pick guy that has a higher ceiling than Trey Henderson. They thought by bringing him in and let Trey Henderson walk. That was the mindset of the team. You know, think about it. Now, you can look back at what he did when he went to Cincinnati and say, see, they messed up because he balled out for Cincinnati and Davenport was a bust, which he was definitely a bust. But at the time, that was the logic. I wasn't trusting Trey Henderson. I'm going to be honest with you. And I was doing shows. I was like, I love Trey Henderson, but the dude can't stay healthy. He had three years of banged up play. Like he couldn't stay healthy. The last year he played healthy. I think, I think the team didn't believe that he could be trusted, like to get paid and that he will be available. Ultimately, what ended up happening was he went and he was available and Davenport wasn't. And even when Davenport was healthy in his last year, he didn't do a damn thing. 
So in the end, it kind of you see what I'm saying? I'm just giving you a little backdrop on the game, and that's what happened with them. Uh, what's up, Tasha? Shout out to you. <laughs> yes, yes, coffee with Q. That's what I'm talking about. Now, right now is after 12, man, depending on where y'all are in the country. But yeah, coffee and Q, man. We just talking it. All right, Sean said, I don't drink coffee, but what's up, Q? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your it's your preference. You know, if it's I, I say coffee with Q, it could have been uh Jack Daniels with Q. I don't know, whatever you're doing, it could have been orange juice with Q, whatever. Whatever your drink is, it's fine. You can sit there and drink and let's talk some saints, baby. I'm at the kitchen table. I'm at the kitchen table. We sit down, we're having a discussion about the black and gold. And then when the show's over with, unlike most uh guests, they don't get up and leave. They just won't say <laughs> I will actually get up and leave. I won't hang around the kitchen table. All right. <laughs> I promise you that. I'm gonna get up and leave. I'm not gonna sit at the damn table. I'm gonna get up and leave. All right, tragic. What's up, tragic? How you doing? He said K Nell has been balling more than Warner. That's another one. But Pete Werner, man, a lot of people see Pete Werner as the Saints version of what's the guy that Carolina had, man. We got Carolina Panthers family members in here. Y'all tell me what was his name, man? What was the dude that I love that guy, man? Carolina. The line, the best linebacker they ever had, not named Sam Mills. What was his name? Y'all put it in the chat, man. Remind me. All right. <laughs> thank you, Tasha, man. Appreciate you there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Um. There you go. Pam says, sweet tea with you. There you go. <laughs> Robert says, drink some Irish coffee. All right. There you go. All right. Tasha said, yep, that, that Jack Daniels sound pretty good. Good. All right. Yeah, yeah. If you ain't working. Yeah, we still, okay, St. Gomer says, man, it's still morning. I'm good. I'm good in L.A., baby. It's still morning, baby. I'm still drinking coffee. All right, so, yeah, that's, <laughs> there you go. Thank you, A.J. Luke. Luke Keekley. There you go. No, no, it wasn't Burns. It's Luke Keekley. There you go, Jerome. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Luke Keekley. Verlin. What's happening, Verlin? How you doing, sir? I'm representing the Dome of Silence. I got you, bro. Yeah, yeah tragedy says he's no Luke Keekley. A lot of people thinking that they 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 want him, they see him as such, like his full potential. They can be a Luke Keekley type. Remember, he is is Pete Werner here, and then you have uh Demario Davis who's getting kind of, Demario's getting old. He got a knee issue right now. So at some point, Demario Davis is going to end up having to leave. When do we expect Demario to drop off? It happens happens to everybody. So at some point. You know, you got to be expecting him not to be as effective as he's been over the many years for us. It's always a drop off, right? Nobody beats fall the time. Remember that thing? So, I, you know, the way they see it, it's like, okay, Kay Nellis was a second round, a seventh round draft pick for the Saints, right? He was mostly a special teams guy. And really, he another that's another one of them things with Kay Nellis balled in his contract year. See, that's the whole thing. We've seen enough players do that, get paid, and then go somewhere, and or the Saints or pay these guys, and they they don't represent what they did in that contract year. That's an extra motivation to get paid, to get a con. And I was like, okay, where was this shit at? You know, the year. <laughs> so you got to put your GM hats on, man. You got to put your business hat on, man. It's a contract year, and they balling out. So I'm thinking, you know, if you're smart and you're a general manager, this is how I would look at it. If I was hired to be a team general manager and the contracts come up, I know how to look at it. It's like, okay, he balling his ass off. He had like, I don't know how many sacks that year, right? And I'm looking to myself saying, where the hell was this at uh, two years? <laughs> you 
<laughs> where the hell is this guy at, man? Is this do is this a money thing that you what you think? And see, and that's what you're looking at because you're looking at the time. And of course, you got to factor in did he have an opportunity to start or with his play situation, why he didn't beat this other guy out so that he can have the job. stuff like that plays. And then injuries happen because the way Caden Ellis got an opportunity to get that money uh, from the Falcons in the last year with the Saints is that injuries happened to the linebacker core, which gave him an opportunity to step up. And he took advantage of that. He had these statistics and it paid out. Now, the Saints could have had opportunity to give him the bread. But at the end of the day, they didn't believe that he was that guy. That's what it came down to. And that Pete Werner is more of that guy than than Caden uh, Ellis was. So he's doing a positive thing with Atlanta, and it made all the sense because all he did was went he went from the Saints to the Saints. That's all he did. He went from the Saints to the Saints. We talking about defense. He went from Ryan Nilsom's defense to Ryan Nilsom's defense. He went out there with Ryan Nilsom, and it was a big. He knew that there would be zero philosophy issues with him following Ryan Nilsom out there. That don't happen too often, so we got to factor that in too. When Ryan Nielsen took that job out there, David Onyemata and Kate Nellis both knew that there would be almost zero chance of issues of fitting in what Atlanta was doing because they was following the defensive boss out there. Think about that, too. You know, and Kate Nellis is working in a system that he was doing when he was with he was working in the same man. The dude is now giving him more responsibility. But at the end of the day, you know. It came down to money and whether or not they believed that he was that guy. They didn't believe it. They let him walk. Now, I'm pretty sure they would have gave him some money at the right price. But in the end, that's one of the, another one of those situations where you have to look back into the history of it to kind of get an idea of what they're talking about. Shout out to you, Brent, for the cash app. He says, for hope they don't get well. Hold on. I'm sorry. That's uh, one that you sent. Uh, he says, uh, representing who that nation's from Vegas. Okay. Shout out to Brent. Brent's in Vegas. Okay. Shout out. He says, we're going to find out who them refs always call. That's right, bro. Thank you for that, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Uh. All right. Thank you, Brent, for the cash app. Tasha says, uh, (laughs) he says, I, she, they go, Sean, that's Sean. That's my favorite two. Uh, That's the favorite couple right there, man. Sean and Tasha says, Q, Big Sean and I are here at the table eating a bowl of my homemade chili. All right, man. I'm sitting here drinking coffee. Y'all eating chili. Why you didn't offer me a damn bowl? You know what? Second thought, don't offer me a bowl of chili. I'm drinking coffee, and that might be a real volatile mix. So we just going to chill with the coffee, you dig? We just gonna, I'm just going to keep the coffee. Might not work too well. It might be disagreeable right there. All right, St. Gomez says, Q, uh, question Q, what's up with our kicking game? Any solution? You got a rookie, bro. <laughs> you got a rookie. You got a you got a rookie there. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit pricepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I, you got a rookie there. So, and this is what I cautioned early on when this when the season started. You're going to have to have patience, St. Gomer, because um, you got a rookie. The guy's a rookie, and it's going to take some time. Now, I'm not saying he can't do his job, but that's how it is with rookies. We got two rookies. One's a kicker, one's a punter, and, you know, it, it's just a matter of time. They just have to get – now, they're really good rookies, but still in all, they have to go through what they go through to get, to get better, you know what I'm saying, because this is all new to them. So it's it's a, it's a lot different if we had kept Will Lutz and Blake Gilligan here. I think we would have been a, a lot further along, but no disrespect to our young people. They're doing a really good job, but the kicking game as it stands, man, is just what it is and where it is when it's in the hands of rookies, you know, as our kicker and punter is. Now, Rashid Shahid is really good at the return game. He's top one, two in, in many statistics from a special team standpoint. They're doing a better job there, and they did a much better job and kick returning and punt returning than they've done in a while. Issue is, I still would like to see some more improvement there from Darren Rizzi. I got to give him credit because I've been beating him up for the last several years about how pathetic our kick returning and punt return looking because they're not blocking. They're doing a better job of blocking, but still need to do a lot better job of blocking. When you got a Rashid Shahid back there, kick returning and punt returning, with the speed and the vision that he has, if we can get those guys to block better, we can get at least two to three returns, whether they kicks or punts combined every year. We get we got one return this year, and that was the, the last time we had a, a, a return of any sort was several years ago. We don't get those, and when we get them, it's a treat. So that's what I'm saying. Like If they can block better, we can have at least two to three, maybe four returns in one year from the special teams or at least be able to get it set up where we get half the field or we operating on the short field, which helps the offense tremendously, you know? So we just need, we still need to block better, even though we've done a better job than what we were doing years prior. But that was a big point. Wow. I just been beating up Darren Rizzi. Uh, man, we need to do this better. You need to teach these guys to block for Rashid Shahid so he can have an opportunity to flip the field or even get a touchdown. That's game changing. If you get a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown, that just electrifies everybody because we don't see that often. And when you see it, like, man, it's like a it's like a, somebody bought you a brand new vehicle and put one, you know, like the old cheesy. Uh, uh, what is it? Them car commercials when you come outside and there's snow everywhere and they got a big red ass bone top of a vehicle. Look what I bought you. I bought you this truck here. That type of stuff. It's like a big beautiful gift that you wasn't expecting when they give you that. And I, we can do more of that. But thank, thank you for the question, bro. Tragic says this, the talent has been there, but the Saints draft players and play them behind people. All right. 
and it takes someone to get hurt to get a chance and it, ha- it just happens to be in their last year when they get in the night i mean that's a hell of a uh it's a hell of a um trend isn't it because you look at it with trey henderson you look at it with kate nellis well trey henderson the saints we're looking at Trey Henderson. Uh, he was a third-round draft pick out of Florida Atlantic, I want to say. They knew Trey Henderson could play. The issue with, with the Saints of Trey Henderson was that he couldn't stay healthy. So what am I to believe, that you are what you are in the fourth year when you finally were able to capitalize and get multiple sacks opposite of Cam? Now remember, he wasn't double-teamed. Now, you got to keep all this in factor. You got to keep all this in mind. He was here for four years. He was hurt three of the years. And then in the contract year, he balls out and he doesn't get double teamed from that side. He doesn't get double teamed. He beats the guy on that side one-on-one because Cam was getting doubled on the other side, even tripled. So Henderson did what he what a good defensive man is supposed to do, beat the other guy for a sack. He did it re- really well. He got paid, but the Saints already had a first-round draft pick defensive end on the team waiting in the wings you know, to make something pop. So he was already going to get out the door. There's no way the Saints were going to match him unless, you know, he decided to take a discount and he went up there and he did his thing. The Saints knew he was going to be a good player. What they didn't know is that he would be better than Davenport. Now, they didn't know that. So anyway, all right. So anyway, uh, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all being in the screen in the stream here. Um, y'all got any more questions? Look like I'm about to get on a party. I don't see any more questions here. Uh, for the family members uh, throwing out there. But, yeah, man, listen, man, it's, it's, we should be able to get the victory in this matchup, man, for real. Um, today is going to be a pretty interesting a day worth of football. The Green Wave, you know, I'm a guy, I'm New Orleans guy, so the Green Wave play at two. They got a matchup. They're going to beat up on some team. It don't make a difference. I think the team only won one game. They got it. Uh, LSU in Alabama is later on today, 645, I want to say. Time is prime time. LSU and Alabama going at y'all. Know I'm gonna be looking at that. And of course, the, the Pelicans play today. They play the Atlanta uh, Hawks down in the Smoothie King Center. Uh, that'll be going on. So a lot of really good games for the Pelicans, the LSU, Tulane, and then of course tomorrow in the Dome, it's the Bears. So yeah, we we, we gonna do what we gotta do and get it going. All right, Kr. Shout out to you. says any given Sunday, any teams can win in the NFL. No easy games for any team in the NFL. Well said, uh, Kr. You're absolutely right, sir. Saints need to do what they're supposed to do, man. They need to do what they're supposed to do. And listen, I am not overlooking the Chicago Bears because I think they're going to try to do something sneaky here with Justin Fields. I didn't say that enough. But uh, we need to pay attention to that. They're a different team when he's there. And I don't know how hurt his thumb is. Or they could be overplaying it. You know, he, you know, they could be, you know, because they're thinking it might be Tyler. And the next thing you know, they sneak Justin Fields and they own you. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're moving around. Regardless of who it is, Saints got to put them on the ground. I don't care who it is. They got to contain them and put them on the ground. Bottom line, we got to pressure them, put them on the ground. Saints offense, they got to get going early. When we get the ball, we got to get down the field, score a touchdown, put pressure on Chicago's offense. Got to put pressure on them to score. We got to put pressure on them. So when we get the opportunity, we first, that first kickoff or whenever we get that return, that first possession, offensively speaking, Saints need to score on that. They need to go down there four or five minute drive using a running attack, throwing, doing what you got to do. They need to score on that opening drive. They need to keep the pressure on these people. They got to use the running attack. I know it's a, it's going to be a, a task running up against Chicago, but it's all about will anyway, man. We got to test who they say they are, right? All right. And then the tragedy says right now we've seen 
Shaq is better wide receiver than A.T. Perry. He's getting the nod just for being a higher pick. It, that's how it goes, fam. That's how it goes. Uh, Tasha says, Q, what do you think about our boy, Wimbyama? He's, he's uh, early on, he's phenomenal. I got it. I mean, but we knew he was going to be a player in the game, man. He was groomed. That, that dude been groomed for this position for the last several years, you know. He's been groomed for this. He's been playing against NBA talent over there. Guys been working with him, developing his game. Uh, he was groomed for this. He was groomed for this, and he is a unique commodity. I've never seen nothing like him, but it's still early on in the season. So, but yeah, congratulations to y'all. Win beyond. I knew he was going to be a good player, but we let's. It is still a long season here now. It's still a long season. Let's see how he looks as he gets further along. Let's just you know. But right now, he he looking pretty good. All right, what's up, Edward? How you doing, sir? Appreciate you. All right. Uh, all right, Young City says Pelicans got New Jersey. Yeah, I see. Well, they got that court set up, man. You know, it's supposed to be the tournament stuff when you see these different color courts. Courts is the NBA's way of trying to jazz up this in-season tournament thing that they're doing. They got these weirdly colored courts, and they got jerseys. It's another way to make money off you. That's pretty much what it is. Like, you got the courts, and it gives them another set of jerseys or stuff to, to sell you. And a lot of the Pelicans blue that like they black and lime uniforms are selling out they done sold a lot of merch that's all it is it's just a way to change up everything to get you to buy more shit from them so i mean and people are buying up the jerseys you know they're buying them up that's just the way to just create new merch nba is a is a machine man it really is probably one of the best machines in the business of how to change things they're very innovative very innovative and and the NBA is a lot. It's very wealthy. I was researching NBA, found out they got ownership in leagues and they got this NBA Africa. They got stuff going on in South America and Europe. And even though some of these leagues are named something else, the NBA got stock in these leagues besides the, the WNBA league and the NBA. They got the G leagues and all these other stuff. These people have, they have con control. They turn themselves into an, an a basketball monopoly system. You know, and they freeze out anybody that don't fit in the plan, like what happened with the big three league with Ice Cube saying that uh, his stuff got cut down because uh, Silver said, you know, not to do allegedly said uh, to his partnership. So don't do business with him or you will lose the power of the NBA. Don't feel slighted. That's 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 how they play the game. It's a monopoly. Like you, you like it's the Walmart philosophy. It's a Walmart philosophy. If you people don't want to drive a little further to a smaller store and pay. You don't want to drive a little further out to a smaller store and play a little bit more money for the same item you could pay for in your city at Walmart or whatever, you know, one of these big box stores or whatever. It's all about convenience. They're everywhere. We don't want to drive a little further out and spend a little bit more on that smaller store. We won't save money and go there. And what ends up happening is you don't save no money because eventually when that other person go out of business, your ass going to pay what you, you going to pay more for that item. And people don't get it. Stop shopping over there and go back to shopping with them. That's how you control the price. But people selfish. They selfish and off code economically speaking while upset about what the prices are when you don't want to control everything. It's crazy. I need to put a book out on that, man. It's, a, it's just these. It's crazy. Oh, it's too damn high. It's too high because you off code economically speaking. Stop spending your money over there. Stop being selfish, a selfish ass spender. Stop spending your money with them people as a collective. Shop with the small people. That keeps them honest with their pricing, you know, and you'll make that mother people the competition. And when you have two people competing for your services, the price will drop and it'll stay where it's supposed to be. Monopolies do not enjoy that. They do not want to have any competition. 
Walmart came in, bought up all that shit, dropped it down, and then it was selling it way cheaper than anybody. And they were complaining about it. It had lawsuits on it. And then eventually people bought it from them. And when they got rid of their competition, Kmart and all them, Walmart jacked that shit up sky high. And they complain, you got you got suckered in because you're supposed to know the game. You're supposed to have sense on how to spend your money and stay on code, man. I often speak about this stuff, man. All this stuff is controlled by you. They're just expecting you to be off code. So I already give y'all drop that economic stuff on you, but I'm just keeping it a buck 15, man. All right, so anyway, let me get ready to get out on this, man. I got another cash app here I want to shout out, man. It's talking with Q, man. We talking, it's to, we having coffee. We, we at the dinner table here, man. You know what I'm saying? We just, this is talking with Q here. This is coffee with Q. So we just going to gonna keep it a buck 15. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Brent, Brent, shout out to you, bro. Says competition is a sin. That's what old Rockefeller said. Really? Rockefeller. Yeah, and that's an old thing that he did say. Uh, the creator of the Rockefeller fortune. Yes. You know, there's rumors about him, his brother being um, where he got his money from, his rumors. And I don't know how true it is, but it's a lot of different books. I read this and drop a little game on y'all about this right quick before I go. There's a lot of information out there that is allegedly saying that he was the brother of Billy the Kid. And a lot of the money that Billy the Kid robbed, he, he took that money, changed his name, moved back out east and started investing and doing his thing. Allegedly. <laughs> where did he get the money from? Man, they never born with it, man. They always come up from the doit, you know. But, you know, when you know game, man, all you have to do is be a reader, man, and you can be able to figure the game out, no doubt about it. All right, but thank you, Brent, for that, man. He says, if they don't want us to have freedom of choice. Yes, indeed. Yeah, monopoly system is a is a is a evil system, fam. It's an evil system. You know, they'll they'll make you play twice as much for those goods and services. So we have to be on code. Remember, you the power relies with you. Was it that old, what's the dude, uh, Captain Planet? What he used to say back in the day, the power is yours. <laughs> the power is yours. Yes, it is. All right. So anyway, man, shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all being here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes, yes. They take up the real estate, all that, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Shout out. Happy birthday, early birthday to Young City Night Ward, man. Coming up soon on the 13th. Happy who that birthday is to you, man. Pro- appreciate you. Shout out to you. St. Gone says, next three opponents, possibly three backup quarterbacks. Indeed. Let's address that before we go. That'd be the last one. And Brent, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Oh. Yeah, and this is the thing. The last three opponents. Yes, indeed. The Bears, Justin Fields, we'll see. He's listed as doubtful. I think the Bears going to try to sneak him in there in some capacity. Might mix him with uh, the QB Tyler, then of course the Minnesota matchup. You know, Kirk Cousins is is out for the season, so they'll have a backup there. There's a bye week, and then the Saints come back. You have Tyler Heineke, 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 who could be the quarterback, but that's still far out. So you still have what is it a month worth of game? Well, one, two, three, four. Yeah, you got a month worth of games, like the 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 because the the the, uh, the Atlanta game. In Atlanta is the fourth game. It's like, you know, fourth game, four games from now, including the bye. So things could change. Then they could very well go back to Desmond Ritter. You know, we won't see them for a while. Things could change there. But possibly, you're right. I'll, you know, the next three teams we play are teams that will be seeing backup quarterbacks would should help you in winning these games. So it's not fortunate for those teams, but it's fortunate for the Saints. The Saints should capitalize on the Chicago Bears having issues with the quarterback. They should capitalize on Minnesota having issues with their quarterback. 
Now, we don't want to overlook anybody at the same time, but they're not at full power and you're supposed to be able to capitalize off that. There's no, you know, quarter given, you know, if it happens to us, it'll be doing the same thing. So we have to be able to do that, man. We have to be able to capitalize on the fact that they are dealing with injuries and we have to get this dub. That's the bottom line. No, 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 no problem. You know, we all good. (laughs) Shout out to Brent. He says, uh, be blessed. Who that's? Come on, man. That's right. Hey, bro. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Shout out to Young City Night Ward. Molly Mall says, Q, you doing the Pelican? Yes, we are doing the Pelican Post Game Report tonight. DC will not be in attendance. It'll be me and Lexa. We'll be recapping that thing. We'll be covering that tonight as well. Tragic says, uh, don't discount DA Factor. He'll, yeah, the DA Factor. How about that? The DA Factor. The DA factor, yes, it's the problem. That's what we're four and four. There's a, it's a, is definitely really any decent head coach worth his salt through these games and the talent that the team has had. It, we'd been a lot further along. I don't, I think I can pull everybody in here and ask them what through eight weeks, what is the Saints' record? If I'd have did that at the start of the season. Nobody, maybe Uncle Paulie would have said there'd be four and four, somebody like that. But maybe one or two people like Uncle Paulie would have said the Saints would be 500. He would have, he definitely would have said that. Uncle Paulie would have definitely said that. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But me personally, I wouldn't have said 500 through week, through eight weeks. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have said that. I'd say that at the very least they would be a five and three or something like that. I would not, uh, you know, five and three or something like that. I wouldn't have said four, five hundred. I wouldn't have never said that four and four. I wouldn't have seen that. But it's the DA factor. That's a part of it. What's the DA factor? Adjusting the stuff too late, making changes you're supposed to make early, but you say you're going to do something and don't do it. They struggle through it. Uh, you know, not sticking to things that work. There's a discipline factor. The DA factor is a discipline thing that happens. Like the team's discipline is not as high it's supposed as high as it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? We still dealing with pre-snap penalties. That's a part of the that's the DA factor because he's not much of a disciplinarian. 
I ain't saying he letting them run the building, but he's not much of a disciplinarian person. He adjusts a little, he adjusts way too slower than I would like him to do. He doesn't take as much onus on the offense when he see him struggling like they supposed to. He's supposed to be operating over there, just looking over their shoulder every now and again to see if they know what they're doing, not just leave it to them and go ahead and say, well, it's your game. I'm going to just be over here. No, you the, you the boss of the team. You're supposed to be making sure everybody do their job, you know? So that's the DA factor. When people talk about the DA factor, that's a part of it. That's why the Saints are 500. And people are like, man, well, at least be 500. You're not supposed to be 500, fam. I don't know if you know that or not. And then some people say, well, at least we ain't below 500. You ain't supposed to be around there, bro. You ain't supposed to be low or you ain't supposed to be at 500, brother. You're not supposed to be sitting up there at 500. You're not supposed to. Well, the NFC South is bad. Yeah, you're supposed to be dominating the NFC South right now. You're supposed to be two to three games above the, the closest team in second place right now. You should be running. When the season over with, you should be beating. You won by two or three games in the NFL. You should be a top three team in the NFL right now from the NFC side of things with all that you have. You're not incurring any major issues. You got through Elvin Kamara's situation with him being, uh, you know, whatchamacallit. Jamal Williams missed a few games. You still had Kendra Miller. You still had good running backs when Tony Jones was doing his thing. You still had good. So you still had value in things there going. You still had Taysom Hill there. He might be banged up here or there. You still have him. You have Michael Thomas all through here. We're going to keep him going. Remember, we at halfway point and we got Michael Thomas healthy. That's big. Chris Olave, you're doing this thing, having a little this or that, but he's still positive. Rashid Shahid's there. You know, we had some issues with Foster Monroe, but he's back. Jawan Johnson just came back after a month worth of games, but we had Jimmy Graham. We didn't use him. So, I mean, we've had some issues with our offensive line, but we had still enough to be able to do some stuff. So it really, no matter how you shake it, you're not supposed to be 500 fam. You're supposed to be at least two to at least two games better than what you are, but it is what it is. Next three games, the Saints, well, next two games, I'm going to say because it's the bye weekend and the Falcons game in their building. The next two games, the Saints should be able to get, Start a three-game winning streak going into Atlanta after the bye. They should, should. I'm not saying they will, but they should. Should and will are two different things when it comes down to Saints. And the DA factor is the one that just has you like, man, what is going on here? It's the DA factor. He's not making moves fast enough, and then he promises change and doesn't change. We need to change, and they don't change. Are we going to change? No, nah, we ain't going to change. We're just going to – I'll let you know when we're going to – but you said we was going to change. I know I was just – filling your head up full of nonsense after the press conference. And, you know, but see, I, I did change. We won, right? We won, right? Yeah, we won, coach. But, you know, you know, you still need to change a few things. You get, you, you, you use a fullback in your offense and the guy's hurt. Why haven't you brought on a fullback, a guy that's a fullback to help do what this other guy was doing? Or perhaps it had made an improvement on it. I mean, I know it ain't too hard to find a fullback. I mean, you might have difficulties finding a, a really good wide receiver or a really good running back, or maybe a good cornerback, but finding a fullback coach, why you ain't get a fullback for the offense? Y'all use fullbacks, right? Yeah, we use them but right now. We just running them naked, uh, you know, right now. And we get down to the goal line, we put our nose tackle in there as a fullback. Okay, cool. That's a nice little niche when you get inside the five-yard line in the red zone, but what about the rest of the, the, the field? What about between the 20s? Wouldn't it be beneficial for you to have a, a, a fullback that punched the hell out of the guy uh, that's trying to block so he could free up Elvin Kamara to get to the second and third levels of the defense. Wouldn't that be smart? Yeah, but mm, no. So, I mean, you know, it's just different things. It's a DA fact. It's like you have to have the vision to be able to see these things, how to improve your team. He's the head coach. 
You got to find resources for all of the units for them to be successful. You have to be constantly looking to make sure they are good. Because if it's something he do this autonomous thing, because if one room fail, he just fire the guy. That's what that is. Well, it was all on him. He gets to blame. We'll fire him. Not not understanding that you also you you commissioned that guy. So it's your fault, too. So it's a weird thinking. But I think it tends to the fact that he's like I said, it's one of the things that he's lacking as a head coach, like a successful head coach. He's a head coach of an NFL team, but he's not a successful head coach, you know, and there's certain things successful head coaches do. Like they have vision. They, they got a a, a, a a vibe of knowing, you know, their team and how the team operate. You know, they know that this guy doesn't operate like a head coach. You know, he doesn't take onus of the team when he's supposed to. He don't bring in the people that you need to bring in. We sit up here trying to trade for Hunter Renfro and we need a fullback. You know, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be beneficial for you to find a fullback to bring him in? Just this other guy hurt and the fullback can really help us improve even more with the run. Could you imagine having a fullback that can block open and push open, you know, let him be the first guy that connect with the defensive lineman. Let him be the first guy that connect with the linebacker. And then Kamara follows him up into the second level of the defense, follows him into, uh, uh, you know, Jamal Williams, follow Kendra Miller, Taysom Hill, whatever the case may be. We got a guy in there that just knocked him on the ass. And I'm pretty sure you could have found him. We trying to get Hunter Renfro so he can come in and be what, a fourth wide receiver in the Saints offense. Why? Why are we looking at this guy? You know, so that's just some of the questions that I would kind of look at, man. And it is what it is, man. In, in the end, that's why I'm saying it's, it's, it's definitely a DA effect, man. That's why you are a 500 ball club. We are four and four. We ain't supposed to be four and four family. We'll be honest with you. We're not supposed to be here, but we are anyway. So shout out to the fam, man. Thank y'all. Let me get ready to get out of here. Quick, Quavita says Renfro wasn't even needed, but any thing to please car you got yeah i know brother when they were saying why are we looking at hunter renfro i asked that in a question like i like hunter renfro but he's not needed the only way i look at hunter renfro and i'm not the general manager but if i was the general manager you know i'll look at my team and says first first of all hunter renfro is too expensive if you got to talk about who gonna pay the rest of this damn salary we don't need him brother we don't come I mean, come come six come on bro what are we doing here why are we over here looking at Hunter Renfro and he's in, in what killed the deal is his contract. He's expensive. And we got guys that's not as expensive as him tearing up out there catching touchdowns. Rashid Shaheed is not making what Hunter Renfro making, but he killing the game. He Rashid Shaheed gives you great value because not only is he a top notch, top two kick returner, punt returner in the game. A good return man, a top two return man. And some stats have him as number one in the NFL. But he also provides value as a three, a wide receiver three for you out there running around, catching passes, deep passes, all this kind of stuff. So you get great value with Rashid Shahi. Why would we need Hunter Renfro? None of our guys are hurt. Now, if they were hurt, I can see the rationale doing it there. But no. And then a big part of the sticking point why the deal fell apart was because his contract. Who going to pay this much money on the contract? Come, Well, y'all going to pay it. No, we ain't paying that. Y'all, we're going to give you the player. You give us picks, you pay the shit. Now, and that's how it was at. It fell apart because the money didn't work. Who going to pay this money? I'm like, dude, what are we doing here? What are we looking for? A wide receiver. The, most, the best that Hunter Renfro can come in and do is be a fourth wide receiver. We don't need Hunter Renfro. We need something else. We could have used the fullback. Hell, we could have used something else. We could use uh, maybe another 
I don't know, maybe another veteran uh, safety to help y'all. I mean, if you're looking for that, maybe another linebacker, maybe another interior defensive lineman, you know, maybe hell, maybe another offensive lineman that come in with all these damn injuries we having. You know what I'm saying? Really, truly, the biggest open spot on the Saints team is the fullback. They don't have a fullback, fam. And we usually keep a fullback, and there's no fullback there. We have to use our nose tackle as a fullback. That's not that's not how it's supposed to go. But, you know, like I said, the DA factor, yeah. Saint, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, bro. I do, man. I, I, that's my squad, man. I, I love talking about a lot of shit, man. <laughs> I right, Sean said they would have benched Olave if we got – oh, yeah, seeing that would have been problematic because, see, if that would have – I'm glad we didn't get Hunter Renfro from an economic standpoint. I'm also glad from a chemistry standpoint. Because if Hunt from Renfro comes here, Chris is somebody that's not going to play. We know Mike's going to play. It could be an issue. Would it be Chris Olave, who a lot of people are looking at right now? I think Chris Olave is going to be fine. But that if that happened and there had been an issue with Chris Olave where he got pissed off, that could mess up a lot of stuff because he's, he's in his second year. He's a phenomenal target in the future of the wide receiver room. You don't want to piss him off. Rashid Shahid and him will be solid future wide receivers for us. And Michael Thomas is here. Because, you know, a lot of this is happening because of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas loves those guys. So, you know, I think he comes back next year after his contract is up this year because of his relationship with a Chris Olave and a Rashid Shaheed. He loves those guys. He loves them. So, I mean, we have harmony there. You don't want to break up the harmony because you're trying to force a guy in there because he used to play with this other guy in another team. It simply don't work. That would not have been a smart move. All right. So anyway. Let me get on and get on up out of here. Listen, I appreciate everybody for stopping by on Saturday morning Saints Talk, uh, a.k.a. Coffee with Q, Saturday morning Saints Talk. So shout out to the fam, whether it was uh, Coffee with Q or Water with Q or Orange Juice with Q or Jack Daniels with Q or uh, uh, Bahama Mama or whatever, you know, whatever the case, whatever you're drinking, man. I hope you had a good time. Be sitting at your kitchen table eating a beignets and drinking coffee with you and talking Saints, man. Now I shall take my leave. So with that being said, I'm going to get on that. Listen, I appreciate everybody, man, for all that you do and how you do it. Shout out to everybody. Eric says, Q, what do you think about our new linebacker? Oh, uh, <laughs> Shasta. <laughs> Shasta with Q. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> That's what you're doing. They said, what do you think about Corey Littleton? Corey Littleton is going to replace um, the guy that we talking about, um, uh, Jalen Smith. I don't know. I know they signed him to the practice squad. We'll see, fam. We'll see about Corey Littleton. I like how he played with the Rams. And I think if he's one of a vet op- option for us, if something were to go wrong with um, our linebacker, uh, Demario Davis, if Demario can play, then we can look forward to seeing him there as well. So we'll see. All right. So anyway, shout out Molly Mall. Good to see you, brother JT. How you doing, sir? I appreciate y'all being in this thing. We're going to be all right. All right, so with that being said, let me get on that. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all. Y'all check out the merch, man. The link is in the description section below on the latest merch gear. Y'all check that stuff out, man. And I'm going to holler at y'all. Flip side, I'll be back later on tonight for the Pelican recap. Also, I'm doing the LSU recap right after the game. We'll do a, a Pelican postgame report recap later on tonight, too. So much love to the fam. I'm going to holler at y'all. And then I'll be back tomorrow for the game. Y'all know how we rock it. Much love. Who that? Yeah, huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that.
Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a fel. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in. That was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town. Duck down. Falcons pluck get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Just a sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. Just a sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the Pro Shops. The link TheWhoThatDaily.com That's right, TheWhoThatDaily.com Your one-stop mm. shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, mm. even the top-flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay mm. up on your team, TheWhoThatDaily.com is your site. TheWhoThatDaily.com for the sport. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.